0: I had to shake him on my last case big o don't play
1: All right guys, welcome back to another episode of The Muskie Hunt's podcast. I'm one of your four hosts this evening, Ryan Reid we have three other hunks on the line tonight, and we have yet another special guest that I think it's a fair assessment to say. We're all super excited about.
0: oh yeah, special uh, we, we're bringing it back local here. You know, we've had we've had some we had the the Wisconsin boys on last time. We're going hyper local this time.
1: i like I like it when we're hyper local. So do I. It's good stuff. So who do before we get into that, who do we have on the phone tonight? We'll just start with you since you talked already. We have the one and only Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails.
0: Good evening, gentlemen. Looking forward to this one here tonight. Good
1: evening. In the living room tonight.
0: Yeah, dude, the shop is like a billion degrees. And I've spent the last two days in a jury room picking jurors. And the air conditioning is down in the Allegheny County Courthouse. And it Mm, is about 90 degrees. Swampy. So imagine sitting next to, you know, guys with literally the rest, the rest of their lives on the line and you're picking a jury and sweating like, I mean, dude, it's it was just gross the the jury room smelled like a freaking barn by four Mm, o'clock today. Yum. So there's a little glimpse into my world. Which one the ends?
2: Transition into like a Colonel Sanders white suit and. Wipe your forehead all the time.
0: Yeah. Well, 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 be there, folks. I do declare it is mighty humid in here. I'm <laughs> <laughs> supposed to recover after that. We
1: also have on the phone tonight, Mr. Tommy, the two Crocs fanata.
3: Yeah, nope.
0: and Hello? saddle tramp Bates.
3: Yeah, that's weird.
0: I guess I gotta add Dude, that. You had, to, you had a big it's weird to hear night. now how was your how was your big the, the grand opening I saw your baby going all over the place dude uh not
3: all over yet but good as much as I can handle for now it's all I want for now I don't want to get like destroyed and buried and like sorry my dogs going nuts if you can hear that okay. he's hyped up about it he's pumped about the drop he's
1: he's got like a whole f- like farm going on over there right it's now. like a
3: Fucking petting zoo over
0: here. I'm sorry.
3: I got cats yeah, how and many dogs. And yeah, how
0: many kittens do you have around there?
3: were four until yesterday. Now there's one. They took three to the shelter. Like you, got more, came
0: you got
1: more kittens than Owen has kids.
3: I know. I felt like Owen for a few days. Just tending to the livestock. The herd. The herd. I see you <laughs> trimmed your beard a little bit. I would just thought I didn't. Shown, I don't get the fascination with this beard. I didn't change. Oh, uh, you're thing. not
0: getting the the profile. Because yeah, you got maybe it's just leg. not
3: fluffed out.
1: It just looks like a giant patch of.
3: I trimmed the stash, not the beard.
1: <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> also, we also have on the
3: call tonight,
1: Mr. Nick fiesler, fiesler. Glad to be here. Excited for doing
0: He's still in his cheese grater. Yeah.
2: Cheese
0: grater. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, have you ever seen, like, the, the, if you look at the inside of the, of the cheese grater with a light on, like, it looks like a Puff Daddy video. Yeah. That's where I'm at.
3: I think of those scenes from the movies where people wake up and they're like in a spaceship, like, how did I get here? It's like, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. It's behind them. The purple room. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just think you need to make some progress on that drywall. Yeah. At eventually. some point. Someday.
3: I just hope you didn't get probed.
1: All right. What do we got going on here tonight? We want to get into this guest. We got a lot of questions.
0: Absolutely. So uh, you want to do the intro? Or you want me to there, Ryan? Go ahead, Owen. All right. So we got a guy um, who I've been looking forward to have uh, having on the podcast because we got some a couple of stories to tell, at least one story of, of uh, how, how he how I met him. But he is. Becoming a bit of a local legend in the uh, Chapter 16 Muskies Inc. World because he's won a couple, won a couple of tournaments, including uh, the Chautauqua Showdown a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I think he won, he had the most fish in in Chapter 16 Muskies Inc. last year, and we'll kind of get into that. But anyways, his name is George McGrady. You've probably all heard his name uh if you if you're part of Muskie's Inc chapter 16 because yeah, his Kim. name gets called all the time for for winning stuff. And
4: uh so George, welcome to the hunks. Thanks for having me guys. That's very nice. Uh I don't know if I agree with everything but uh very much appreciated. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Well, we're, we're we've been looking forward to having you because seriously, you you're a guy that again, you you're always mentioned in, you know, in in top Tournament results and you you put a lot of fish in the boat. Uh so let's just kind of get started from the beginning. You like us, you are a Pittsburgh guy, right?
4: Yep. Born and raised. Um I live in the Carnegie area west of the city. Uh yeah, and musky junkie, just full blown addict. So
0: so how like did you get started on musky, or did your dad like take you bass fish and carp fish and anything like that?
4: No. Um, so Yeah, if you want to start from the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. um, My dad actually, I love my father, but very supportive, but he did not fish at all. I have no answer for any of that. Uh, He still doesn't. And uh, one day I I was young. I was probably, I don't know, five or six years old. A friend of his, co-worker of his is the first person that took me. um, And I was a junkie back then. I had an uncle who, uh, which foreshadowing here, had a and still has a cottage on Chautauqua Lake. Um, so we would spend a lot of summer trips up there and just whatever from the dock, bluegill, bass, all that stuff, sun up to sundown off the dock up there through my entire childhood. Uh, that grew <clears throat> probably, I don't know, preteen era. Uh, another friend of the family, um, co-worker of my father's, he had a boat. He was into some tournament bass fishing. Um, and I started dabbling in that with him. Uh, and that's really what I did probably through all my teens, um, was a lot of, um, uh, that was like all the rage back then was, and probably still is, but, uh, tournament bass fishing and stuff like that. And
0: so were these local, like local tournament tours or, yeah. like,
4: you know, like- yeah, we traveled and we did a few, um, all over, but, uh most, mostly local stuff. Um, and you learn a lot doing it. Um, From there somewhere, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think I was probably 18 or 19 when I got my first boat, which I still have, uh, it's a 14 foot skiff and I just been addicted to fishing in one way, shape or form, uh, regardless of species. And that was kind of the catapult point in time where, uh, muskies started to take over. So what was your first muskie? So <clears throat> first one I should start. I, I actually this kind of all started. There was a couple things going on all at one time, but I was on a pretty good bite, smallmouth fishing. I remember very clearly. Um, and I was throwing they were like a square bill crankbait. And I don't know if you guys remember Lucky Craft, they're probably still still around. And back oh. then, that's that's when $15 was. $15 uh, when it used to mean something. And I remember in, in one day getting bit off four times, uh, on this bait. And I'm like, this is fucked up. Like what, what, what's the deal here? And around that same point in time, uh, a good friend of mine who was my boss back then, a uh, guy I all my tournaments with Brian, he was always in my ear about catching muskies and um, it was something that he was very interested in. So I thought about it. I read about it. Um, I drugged my best friend with me. It was right in that. I couldn't give you an exact year, but it was right in that early. I remember the articles I was reading was all the malak stuff and in fishermen. So the first article I read was about catching muskies at night on blades. So I thought that even though I got bit off four times and the day I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I thought that would be the way to go about doing this.
0: Was this at Chautauqua when you were doing this? No,
4: this was actually a uh, Woodcock Lake.
0: Okay. Okay.
4: Yeah. Okay. So whenever, yeah, I read the article. I'm like, oh, we need to get some bucktails and go fish at night to catch these things. And that's what we did. And I remember <clears throat> we casted for a while and then we were trolling from one spot to another using my trolling motor and that's how arcane it was with rods in our hand and i looked at my buddy chris and i said are, are the blades still spinning on your bait he doesn't fish he's just a friend of mine and i remember the disgusted look on his face and he and he just looked at me like i don't fucking know like just I, he, he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't want to be there yeah, dude. To, yeah. what are you doing out here yeah exactly so he hands me the rod. Woodcock I mean, Woodcock is in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah, there's no cottages on there, there or anything. There everything that was a bad idea about it was, was present, but. <laughs> I, <laughs> All
0: those, there's that whole stump field.
4: Yeah. So <clears throat> he hands me his rod and I hand him mine, which were both my rods. He just, so I'm like, yeah, they're, they're spinning. You can feel like the thumping And then I'm like acting like I know what I'm doing. And I said, Hey, just, you know, every now and then give it a little pop and, and, and engage some extra type of action. And I'm showing him how to do this and I got crushed um so that was my first and he was reaching back for the rod like I was going to hand it back to him and I'm like oh, no, no 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 I, I got this one you get the next one so that was the first one um which for a first fish and out of that lake was a good fish it was somewhere between 43 and 44 inches um no net just very very arcane should have been a lot more injuries but it was like 11 30 a night and yeah so that's my first fish ever and that started everything that just it just went from there
2: so that's awesome yeah. love it got my first wood muskie and woodcock
3: as well it's a good starter place yeah it is. well it
2: was i don't know if it's still yeah there. I, haven't, I haven't checked
4: <laughs> it out yeah
3: so i love the night thing though that's that's a cool way to start too that's a
4: ballsy way to get into the yeah, musky i, I mean, thing. oh I mean, yeah again i had no idea what i was doing big picture probably still don't but the the first thing I read was about catching them at night, so that's what I went and did. Um, so,
0: honestly, what made you, what made you pick woodcock to go out at night? That's because that's where I got that's... bit.
4: That's where I was when I got bit off when I was okay. okay. So it was just it was the
2: they must uh, be. Yeah. It
4: was somewhere, yeah, it was somewhere I knew they were. Uh, I don't know why it didn't make sense to try it in the daytime. When I got <laughs> bit. Off, but,
3: yeah. No, that's that's awesome, and that, that's that's yeah. a cool thing. That's like. And there's something to that. Like a lot of people do that. I'm sure you've done it again since like, and that's a cool thing that you learn that right off the bat, instead of taking like three seasons to crack the code and figure that out. Like, Oh, I, I should go do this. Like I,
4: I agree. right off I, the bat, you were like doing the right thing. I mean, we joke, we say it every year. I want to do more night fishing and I never do. I dabble a little bit here mm-hmm. and there, but it's, it's funny. I, I, it's I say it every, every year
0: too, man. But I just, I just, it kills so burnt. Me. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It I gotta start me. later. That's my problem. I gotta instead of getting out there so early and going all day. By the time it gets, mm-hmm. started, I don't want to be there anymore. But yeah, it's really now. Cool. Do you have Do you have kids? I do not. I do not. Okay. So
0: so that's that that's me. one of my you know the biggest reasons why I I you know I can't spend entire days out on the lake. So I I, I like I always wonder these guys that fish a ton like oh, do you got do you got kids <laughs> eh, makes. Makes 99%. Sense. It's like no. Donnie and Nicker. Donnie and nicker are, are figuring it out here quickly. Yep. Yeah.
2: It's Much less efficient time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so from uh we get that night musky on Woodcock. And is it just like balls, balls to, the to the wall, wall yeah. at that
4: point, like pedal so, to the metal? Those first couple of years were probably I still dabbled in other stuff. Um I still did a few bass tournaments. I was still doing some walleye fishing. Uh, Tom, for you, I know this is a point of contention. I did some steelhead fishing that type Nice. Of <laughs>
3: My kind of guy. I knew I liked George.
4: <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I, I, I was kind of all over. And, but that over the next two years, muskies got mixed in more and more. And it wasn't too long after that. It pretty much became all I did. I still maybe once or twice a year go do some Great Lakes walleye stuff or some smallmouth stuff, but I'm 99% geared towards muskies for a while now
0: and are you mainly fishing local or do you go to chautauqua still or do you just kind of go all over the place
4: yeah so my family we actually but uh, several facets of the family have a uh, place up there so um i fish chautauqua a good amount i bounce around a lot that's probably one thing uh that i do i'm always i, I don't stay at one body of water too long uh, I fish all the local stuff, all the Northwest PA lakes in Chautauqua. Uh, I've been dabbling in Ohio the last couple of years and I try and do a trip or two a year now. Um, so yeah, I, whatever I could do, I, I keep pushing that envelope. So I, I, I want to travel more. I want to see more. I want to do more. So how
2: about yeah. the rivers? Do you target those? Oh yeah. Much? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, those become more and more local to me. Um, probably during the cooler months or whenever I can just, I, I'm close to them. So it's right. I can Quint see you know, Yeah. Right.
1: So can I, I want to go back a little bit here and just ask you this, like, what for you, what was it about muskies that kind of drove you to just, you know, start fishing
4: for them 99.9% of the time? Um, so I'm going to spin off on this a little bit, but uh, I listened last week when you had the muskies on tap guys on, uh, and you guys touched on this a little bit and I was glad to hear it, but I'm kind of like, man, that kind of something I wanted to talk about, but you guys (laughs) brought up that more people need to talk about how difficult it is and getting punched in the mouth out there. Like everyone Mm -hmm. wants to talk about these crazy five fish days, 10 fish days and they happen and they exist and they should be telling people that. I understand that. Uh, especially if you're a guide, that's the information you want to get out there, but there I fail a lot. I I get kicked in the nuts a lot. And part of what makes musky fishing so awesome is the highs and lows of those emotion swings. Like in my mind, that is it. You are always chasing that high. Uh, it's, you can go, 30, 40 hours. I've told P- my, my line that I always say uh, for a long time is you can't take a picture of 14 hours of nothing. And there's a lot of those days out there. So uh, when, when you get multiple days like that in a row, and then you score a good one, it is a good feeling. And that it, that didn't come with anything else. So that's probably the answer to your question as far as why i liked it so much is you just keep chasing the next one so dude that's one of the better that's one of the better
1: answers i've had a really good answer
4: that's freaking awesome dude
1: so especially
4: that that puts it
0: in perspective you know because nick and i are still kind of licking our wounds from from six full days on lake nipissing and not catching a single fish last year uh and just it just a humbling humbling experience honestly and you know hey but that makes me can't i can't wait to get back up there this year to to hopefully have one of those other days because right. those days are coming as long as you keep, keep plugging away at it.
4: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's something I, I I would like to hear more people talk about. Cause I mean, it, it, it happens. It does. And it just happened last weekend. We went, uh, I had a trip to St. Clair this past weekend and it started out fantastic. Um, first three hours of day one. Awesome. Next two and a half days. Not so awesome. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's the reality of musky fishing. Like there's so many factors and whether it be weather and musky fishermen love excuses. I do too, but Mm -hmm. it it could be weather fronts, whatever you want it to be, but they're flat out just difficult at times. Mm -hmm. But count,
0: you can count me in, in the group of, of the ignorant in the sense that I'm, I sound so surprised that there that you guys struggled on St. Clair Clair, because I kind of like, look, you know, everyone thinks of it like, Oh, it's just a musky factory. You know, you can just go out there and pile them up. Nope, and you know to hear that,
4: I'm proud to admit it. Things. I got yeah. stung two days in a row there. I yeah, I, it was it was brutal. So, um, so
0: when you when you do a trip like that, like you're going, how many days do you do a trip like that for? Because I what, um, I don't know what what podcast was was I listening to where, um, somebody was talking about like you oh, have to do was, four days.
2: Yeah, that was uh, with. Uh,
0: uh david Davin, Davin yeah. heinbeck uh heinbuck uh up and he was on the ugly pike podcast and he was he said if he's planning a trip it's got to be four days because like you said you got to give yourself that opportunity to have those three bad days to possibly have that one good day
4: that's a good way to look at it um i would love to do that i i was there three days uh for us I encourage you guys to go. If you haven't been, it's, it's four and a half hours away. I was surprised. Um, really? Yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's, it's not a bad drive. Uh, so did you go to Detroit? Yeah. Yeah. So did you come back uh, with
0: all your hubcaps?
4: Yeah. Everything was good.
0: Can I um, ask you a question? Where go did you
1: get, where did you guys stay at in that area? We, S- St. Clair shores.
4: It was, we stayed. At, you stayed on the American so, side. It was on the American side. I, so last year I went for a full week with in my boat and we stayed on the Canadian side. Okay. If you're going to go take your boat uh, and you have the time to do it, that's the way to do it. In my opinion, I'm no expert, uh, but that, that was probably an easier way Um, where we stayed this time was in Chesterfield, I believe uh, okay. it's just, we got like a Hampton in or something, but uh, this time, and I've done this a few years in a row now too. I fished with the guide. Um, I probably, uh, I, I highly recommend the dude. He's awesome. Uh, his name's Chris button. He works for Spencer. Um, but he worked his ass off for us. Uh, and he has in the past and we've, uh, we had some great times, but it was just, you know, what are you going to do? Tough. And you fish
0: with him all, all three days.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. It, that body of water is just for me. I I've taken my boat there. I, it, just the weather and the waves and everything it's such a kick in the ass it that's it's like my 14 vacation. foot skiff no uh oh, i was I, gonna say sorry that was the original <laughs> it's still around uh i i have a, a 18 foot Alumacraft, um but just okay not having to worry about your shit it's a good vacation just to go um bring a couple rods kick back not worry about towing, not worrying about boat stuff and enjoying yourself but yeah. Anyway, sorry I got off topic. That uh, you can you the muskies will absolutely just beat you down. So you're always chasing that next one to.
0: When you when you go to on a trip to St. Clair like that, are you going mainly to cast or mainly to troll?
4: All casting for me. Okay. I, I mean, you could do whatever. Um, I know a lot of guys go there to troll, but yeah, it was just a casting trip for us. Cool.
1: Yeah, that's dude. That lake. Um, I'm getting ready to, we're going back in about two weeks, but that Lake in particular, just, it's such a like cool body of water, but man, it's just a lot of territory. I feel like, like even trolling out there, it is just a lot. Like I couldn't imagine taking my own boat out there. Like my boat would never like on the wind that we had last year. Like I would never be able to survive out there,
4: but yeah, it got dicey quick a couple of times. I I think, and again, no expert on St. Clair, but I think part of why everyone has such a high opinion is the population's so good of big fish that when you get those days and they're just firing like crazy, you're, the chances for something truly special is, is, is incredible. Uh, but when they are just negative and they're not going, I don't care if there's five muskies in a lake or 5,000 and it's just, they're, yeah, they are, they're not yeah. eating. They're not eating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So someone always gets a few though someone will always get a few
2: now the guide you're going out with are they are you in like a real big boat or
4: is it still had a 621 ranger okay Yeah. Nice. yeah
0: it's yeah. a sweet risable craft yeah
4: i love that though
3: you earlier you were like musky fishermen love to make excuses and what you said that sometimes oh, yeah. they're just they're just not eating like that's yeah. the, no nobody uses that and that's the easiest excuse of all and it's true yeah. Like you hear guys like, oh, like one mile an hour fast or like wrong color pattern or, you know, you different bait. Like you could, they're just not eating. Like,
4: yeah, sometimes they're just what, tough to get to go. Yeah. There's always a few that I feel like there's a way to find a dumb one. Yeah. To, to get them to one. react. But nine times out of 10, when mm-hmm. it's difficult like that, they can, they can be stubborn.
2: Now, like casting on St. Clair, is that mostly just throwing
4: big rubber or, uh, yeah, I mean, some blades. Yeah. Um, Rubber and blades. Everything we caught was on rubber. Okay. Um, but yeah, that seems to be the program up there. Did you try are the knife program? Oops, sorry, Owen.
0: No, that's all right. Uh, are you casting at open uh, Is this open water casting? Yeah. Yeah. Like so at bait fish, at, at schools of
4: bait fish, or at structure? So they, they, from what I understand, they have a lot of good bait up there right now. Uh, we were laughing. The, I mean, some of these weed beds are. 11 miles long. Like that's not an exaggeration. We, we got a good chuckle out of that. So if you think, I mean, that's bigger than most of the lakes we fish. So right, uh, it's, it's just a, a lot of good musky habitat, but uh, yeah, again, I'm no expert on Claire, but we covered some water and chucked a bunch of big baits over weeds. That's kind of the program we were on.
3: Did you pull the night program out as a last no. resort? No. no, we didn't <laughs> make it too that sketchy. Far.
4: Yeah. We didn't make it that far. Twelve nah. of so, hours
2: of throwing rubber
4: is enough. Yeah, it was. It was good. We were. We were beat. It, it feels good though. um But it, I mean, yeah, you're you're done by the end of the day. It it you're toast. So, I, I I do think there are guys that night fish it. I know at times, but uh not. I I don't think there were any out there when we were there. no nah, need some lake knowledge. Out for, watch out for freighters and yeah.
1: <laughs> so, just out of curiosity, before we go any further, like fishing wise, when you're out there, do you have a preference, whether you're casting or trolling? Like, what do you, I feel like you're, you love to cast.
4: Um, I do. I catch a lot of fish trolling. I'm not, I, I, I wish I could be one of those guys that was just a hundred percent one way or another selfishly, just so I didn't have to think so hard about what I want to do. Uh, <laughs> you, you probably save a lot of money that way too, but I, I I always just approach things with whatever I feel gives me the best chance of success. Um, I, I have no qualms about trolling at all. I, I do my fair share of it. I catch a lot of fish doing it, but I do prefer to cast if if that's an option.
1: See, that's always like a question for me too. Cause like, I don't know. I we like, always talk about this local thing. Go ahead, Nick.
2: I feel like so many people are like very black and white on it. Like,
1: right
2: one or the other to the death you know yeah
0: and that's we're kind of silly weird. but i mean it's silly because you, you listen to the guys that really do it all uh, you know that the you know the the big time guys and almost every one of them says they they split their time and that if you're 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 not doing both you're probably just missing out on fish
3: i agree are we allowed to ask how the uh tournament wins came Casting um, or trolling?
4: Yeah. So I, <laughs> this year I fished in three. Um, first one was casting, second one was trolling, third one was casting. So, nice. <laughs> I mean, nice. The data uh, matches the, yeah. yeah. Uh, it just kind of depends what's going on. Uh, I'm, I try and always get out a day or two beforehand just to get a pulse on what I want to do. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just go with, whatever i feel like is going to get me the best results which a lot of times i make the wrong decision there too
0: well personally speaking you know what what are your top 3 baits like if you're going to go out to cast oh man like what are the three just the three general baits that you got to have with you like if you are oh. going out with your guy with this guy you're like listen i got to take these these three baits of mine
4: yeah so i'll be honest probably i when i was there i didn't throw much of a lot of stuff that I throw locally here. Um, I throw a ton of shit. That's a really tough question. Uh, depends on time of the year. Uh, I'm a huge glide bait guy, especially in colder water. I throw a lot of glides. I, I throw a lot of big wooden jerk baits, um, year round. So it, I, if I had to pick a third, um, probably some type of rubber presentation, but, I. I'd lump 70% of what I'm casting into a jerkbait, uh, category of some kind. And See, do like you that. fish?
0: Yeah. I mean, do you actually, I, I gotta, I gotta say over the past, I Sorry, used to um... be- <laughs> no, no, I, dude, <laughs> I used to be, I used to almost throw all bucktails and it- it- now when I go out, I love throwing jerkbaits. It's just, uh, I, and I find myself, almost 50 50 between bucktails and jerk baits. Now we all, I was almost like 90% bucktails for forever. You should get more confident in jerk baits. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, especially throwing this, top, this top line bait that I've caught two fish on this year. And again, like I don't fish very much. So catching two fish for me on one bait is like, okay, I'm doing something right with that particular bait. Uh, and I, I was telling Nick, when we go to Nipissing, I'm like, that's probably going to be the first bait I, I put out there on the first spot just cause I feel confident in it. When do you guys go first week of September? So I always yes. take, because uh labor day, the labor day week, the Canadian labor day is the same as our labor day. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's actually kind of like off, it's off season in a sense that once you get through that Sunday, Monday, the rest of the week, the lake, everything is just like totally yes. calm. So, uh, and I've gone that same week. I want to say this will be my sixth year doing it. There was one year with COVID that I couldn't go, but uh, I've always had real good weather. I've caught some big fish, uh, but I've also, you know, it's not a lake that I go up there and expect to catch 10 fish in a week. Like if Nick and I go up there and if I get five fish in a week, I, that's that's going to be good for me. And I'm hoping one of them is going to be a, a 48 to, to 52 inch Fish like that's just kind of like the the percentages of of big fish up there. Like if if you if you get a couple, you're bound to get one of them that's a pretty
4: sizable fish. Yeah, the potential's there. That's something those trips. Excite. I haven't been to Nipissing. It's on my list. I want to get up there. But going to a body of water um, where the potential for that class of fish that doesn't exist literally in my opinion in Pennsylvania, like they're, so I'm I'm guessing they're mid 50 fish. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is like the
0: Slobland, the Slobland flicks guys, like, you know, Kyle, he goes to Lake Nipissing in the fall and fishes for a month. And, and again, I've, I've never talked to him about it. You know, I'm not saying this, like I personally know him. These is kind of like how I've heard about him around Lake Nipissing is, you know, he goes there for a month and just fishes and he'll get a couple of giants just a couple of absolute super tankers, but he might not catch a fish for a week. Yeah. You know? So it's, it really is. And this year I'm really looking forward to it because I, uh, it looks like we're, we're definitely going to get the fish with Danny Columbi, Nick, uh, who he's just like the kind of the mad scientist of Lake Nipissing. He's been doing it for, 40 plus years. He's the guy that like when, when Mike Lazarus and, uh, and like Jim Saric come to fish at Lake Nipissing, they go and fish with Danny Columbia. And, uh, so he, uh, we're going to get to fish with him. And I think he's actually going to maybe join us on a, a live podcast from Lake Nipissing. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about this trip, man. It's awesome.
2: <laughs> looking, looking at his waypoints is like, it's like, I don't know, like, a, like rain man put together uh a chart oh it is it's amazing there's like every weed bed is like meticulously mapped out with icons each each fish is mapped out
0: like what are the exclamation points every, oh those are 50s yeah
2: yeah <laughs> just you know regular exclamation points are a fish red ones are 50s and you just like pull up to a spot and there's like eight you know red exclamation points it's, there's no better confidence builder than like yeah, that's awesome.
0: But then again, we go up there and we're you know, we fish with, with my buddy Reagan, who's a guide up there, and we sit, we stay at his property too. Uh but again, we're fishing with him. He's a guide and we got freaking skunked last year. Flat out skunked. Mm-hmm. And what can you say other than it, it hey. happens to everybody? Yeah. yeah. What can bad. you say other than I'm gonna go back up next year and, and try, you know, this year and try again, man? Do you
2: guys maybe feel like four contacts and a week,
1: yeah. Is this why, like, some people just aren't built for musky fishing?
4: Yes, like 100%. you just can't,
1: you just can't, like, mentally handle like not catching. Like, is that a thing?
4: Yeah, probably. I probably for a lot
0: of people. Yeah, I have to question my own sanity. Um, I at times it, yeah. when uh, you know you you go up there, you spend X amount of money to like make this is my trip, man. Like this is like my. Freaking beach vacation, you know. This is like me going to Disney World. Like I am. This is my all-out balls to the wall trip. And to walk away from that with absolutely nothing but your, you know, your wiener in your hand, it's like uh, that, it, it does. It makes you wonder, like, why the hell am I doing this stuff? But it's never, never stopped me.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, or Nick's wiener in your hand. <laughs>
0: hey. There's nothing wrong with that in the hot tub what happens in canada stays in canada you know
1: yeah sorry it's the boyish humor of this podcast i
0: know so elegantly put dick and fart jokes
1: uh, so can i ask i want to ask george this question like so just to kind of put this in a perspective for everybody that's like outside of our area like We see like in the lunge log like george mcgrady george mcgrady george mcgrady like you're well known around our club in this area you know for catching fish and you know i think along with that like you get new guys that are in the sport you know they see some of that and immediately like you know you almost and you you would probably not agree with this but you got guys that look up to you for the abilities you have on the water right like that that's a thing like i think know i can speak for myself when i see you out there and i always see you like winning tournaments and stuff i'm always like man he's a he's just a heck of a fisherman like but my question is like when you're you know over the years you've gotten all this experience and it's time on the water situational fishing all that stuff but like two-part question how would you approach like a day on the water? you know, like you have a random day, random weather patterns, whatever it is, like, how do you approach a day on the water? Number one. And then number two, like, how do you approach going into a tournament? If that's fair?
4: Yeah, that's fair. Um, so if I'm just fun fishing, I probably, it depends time and year, I guess what I'm going to do. Uh, we talked, I prefer to cast, um, but I think we all get on to different bites locally and and things are going on. And and if there's something local trolling, I'm, I'm all about it. But uh, as far as approaching a tournament goes, and again, I'm no expert. Uh, This is strictly what works for me. Sometimes, sometimes you fail, but uh, I I do like to get out at least a day, if not two days prior to, I, I really try and make that happen. And I just feel better if I have a good sense of how the lake's fishing, whether it's water temps where the weeds are, where bait is, if I want to troll, if I want to cast, Um, probably the best advice I could give to anybody that does tournament fish, and this could be really for any species. I actually think I heard this years ago when I was young uh, for tournament bass fishing, and I can't remember where but the phrase was fail fast. Uh, in, in tournament fishing, you only have X amount of hours to complete what you want to do. So you don't have that opportunity. Uh, if you're out there on a fun day and you're going to fish the full 14, 15 hours, whatever it is. And you're like, "Ah, I'm just drift the West of the rest of this weed bed out for another hour. So you have to make judgment calls a lot quicker, uh, and adjust a lot faster during tournaments. If, if something's not going your way. So, my piece of advice would be: fail fast, know when you're not doing the right thing, uh, and and make a change. That that's what's historically worked for me. So,
0: all right. So, hope, this that, is, hope that answers that. Well, this is going to kind of tie, uh, you know branch off of that because this is and it's going to shout out the Muskies on Tap guys again because one of their earlier podcasts, much earlier, where they were talking about prepping for their PMTT tournaments, and they were talking about. That they would intentionally, they were intentionally trying to not catch fish while pre fishing. Like they were, would not, they, they were, you know, telling themselves, don't set the hook. You know, you're intentionally trying not to catch the fish. Do you have that type of a mindset? Like, I don't want to catch a fish in pre fishing,
4: or do yes. you just want to see it? It is weird.
0: I, that fascinates uh, me. Because yes. if, if a fish bites on Friday, that's not going to stop a fish from biting on Sunday. But, I mean, well, I guess it it probably would. I don't know. Anyways.
4: Yeah, I I think you would burn any fish that you hooked, uh, in my opinion. It's a a really weird dynamic because you're just wired to want to catch everything you contact. Uh, Ideally, beforehand, I I would like to aggressively move some fish uh, that I don't hook. But that doesn't always happen. I can tell you the day prior to the Chautauqua tournament, I caught two in short order uh, and I had to leave. Like I just, I, I, I said, well, we're, we're going to not burn the rest of this up. But then it ended up being when you go to a different spot and you get another one to go, you're, you really start questioning how hard should I push other areas? And uh, it, it's, I don't know, I, I'm no expert there. It, it, I like to at least catch a fish get some type of confidence going but if you can it all avoid hooking them uh that would certainly be your best bet maybe Dude, that's easy maybe for me hook,
0: maybe take the hooks off
4: <laughs> like danny, <laughs> like right.
0: danny Colum- speaking of danny Columbia.
4: yeah that's <laughs> I easy I could fish, do that that's a, a fish good- without hooks i've thought of that but i don't know if i could do that my mm-hmm. luck i'd end up moving one of the biggest fish i've ever seen and he did have a cool uh kind of like i don't know his uh
2: account of it was pretty neat he said he was just fishing with shadzillas with no hooks and uh he said that they just like have no like ill effects on it after they like they just clamp down on it you know go up until they head shake and then it (laughs) comes out and his theory was
0: that if you covered it in like like cisco oil or something that the the muskies would just not let go Like you've seen you've seen a muskie carrying around a a pike and whatever in its mouth or a smaller muskie and it just holds on to it. His theory is kind of like, okay, if you fish a big Shadzilla or some big rubber coated in in whatever and you can just get that fish to eat the bait and hold on to it. I don't think I'm not so sure his theory is this is going to be a topic for our podcast when we have him on. But, yeah, that's the type of mad scientist shit we're talking about with him. Was
4: he, was he doing this because he was going to fish a tournament or is he just doing this just to do it? Just to no. experiment.
0: Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think he, it was because he was like pre fish He was fishing prior to the season and without hooks. No, so I think so, that was, was just like a, uh,
2: no, I think it was still during season,
0: but was it?
2: Yeah. But, uh, but he said that the one neat thing was like, after they shook it, they would still just like go right back to following it since there was no like, you know, no negative fact. like the,
0: hook snap, the yeah, hooks, no never hooks So, got it.
2: It's interesting.
0: I think, I I mean, think you could definitely throw on. a jerk bait. I don't see why you couldn't throw a jerk bait with no hooks on it and just see, see if the fish are striking it. Yeah. Some,
2: some of them might, might not work. normally. Right. Because the waiting. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, then I think it was, yeah. Later on when we quizzed him, he said he, He broke down and went from no hooks to a a believer with a single hook because he wanted to catch some
0: fish. Single hook in the middle. (laughs) Anyways, yeah.
4: (laughs) I'm going to leave my hooks on. (laughs) I am too, Ryan.
1: I just don't know that I can see the thing that you mentioned there about pre-fishing, like, man, that's just, if you can get time to do it, that would be. Absolutely amazing! I remember Swink and I pre-fished Pima Tuning Tournament like two or three years ago, and we got our butts kicked. <laughs> I think we caught like two fish in like four or five days. It was just like, man. But yeah, I mean, I think that I don't know. That's a that's a good that's a good tip for people to get out there because I know a lot of us like rush to get to the ramp on Saturday morning for for signups. And I'm just like not thinking about what I should have been doing or could have been doing on
4: the lake. Yeah. Tournament fishing is a different animal altogether. There, there is a good amount of luck that's involved with it. and You need a lot of things to go your way. Uh, so many people are always just one bite away. That's kind of why it's fun though, too, is because you're always just one bite out of it uh, for the most part. And you never know what other people are doing. You, you, I mean, there's been tournaments where, I thought I killed it, and I didn't at all. Uh, there's, there's no
0: live leaderboards
4: like yeah, the, the Bassmasters and shit? There's been one. I was positive we didn't have a chance, and we did great. Uh, so, I mean, it, it it's just that in and of itself is is very bizarre. And you're you're always just – it's it's shocking the amount of people that are always just one bite away from finishing in the top three whatever that may be. There's, there's so many that we do. And uh, you just see Ryan, I think you guys, I mean, you had two good fish, didn't you? At the Chautauqua tournament.
1: Yeah. And I think Swinky and I were probably feeling a little better than we should have, (laughs) but I will (laughs) say we pulled into the ramp and one of the guys was there uh, and it's like, how'd you do today? I'm like, yeah, we got two. And he's like, yeah, we got four. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) there goes that, (laughs) you know, but tournaments for us are a little different like i i always just try to go catch one fish but also i think at least i'll speak for myself like i don't have the level of experience you know that guys that have been doing this a long time have so my expectations are a little different but what what would you say george like what draws you to some of the tournaments because i think what we have here like with muskies inc like these tournaments even though they're not like giant money makers like they're just like fun things that are excuses to go out and fish. Like the club really does a good job with some of that. And and there's enough clubs to do enough tournaments where you really could like take full advantage of that stuff. So what, what kind of draws you to the tournament stuff?
4: Yeah. So when I stopped doing bass tournaments, so to speak, and and really started focusing on muskies, I wanted nothing to do with tournaments. I, I had no interest whatsoever. Uh, Our first one we ever did was, oh, it's probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And we only did it because it was at Lake Arthur. And we only did it because we could not catch a fish there to save our ass. Uh, It was just, at that point in time, it it was just not that great of a fishery. So we went, we did the full two-day tournament, uh, signed up. And there was one fish caught that entire tournament. So I felt better about myself as far as not being able to catch anything there. But I had zero interest other than for that reason to try and learn and see what's going on on that lake. And we do not I don't think we did another tournament for years and years and years after that. And I remember going to a road rules or something in the wintertime. And Greg Thomas talked a lot about if you really want to learn a lot, tournaments are the way to go. Uh, and don't be afraid to fail and all, all that type of stuff. And just, you can learn a ton just by doing them. So I think it was, I don't think I started really musky tournament fishing until 2017, 2018. Um, and that's why I did it is just to continue that learning curve. So we started doing it and you do, I mean, if you go in overtime, uh, which is a good piece of advice in musky fishing, Jim Sarek said that 20 years ago over time, so over time, you will learn more and more and more uh, about that particular fishery and different bites and what people are doing to catch fish. And because everyone does something different there too, there are casters, there's trollers, there's people that jig. There, it, it's it's really neat to see under what conditions on what lakes uh, a winning pattern shows up. So, yeah,
2: that that was uh, something I noticed. Like the first, turn, the first tournament I ever did at Piney, like it was awesome how like. Open. Everybody was at the weigh-in yeah. with information like that. Was like hugely educational
4: for me to to just hear what what other people did well on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, guys might not be a hundred percent in detail with you, but everyone's pretty open, and and right. you can at least yeah. get a pulse on what someone's doing and who's doing some, it
2: though, at least.
4: Yeah, I, I agree. mean that
1: that goes a long way. Like, and I, I guess like. Really, I kind of started paying attention to exactly that, like, the last two years. You know, it was, like, the excuse for me to go fish a tournament is just to get out on the water and and fish. But, like, I don't know if you guys get super nuts with this stuff, but, like, any bit of information I get from those tournaments, I write it down, make a note in my phone, then I go back to it. And it's, like, I don't know, sometimes this stuff repeats itself. And, you know, I think, George, you're right. Like, that's a really cool way to, like, continue to learn about these fisheries in in different areas plus it's it's just time on the water i think do you think that element of competition drives you at all
4: uh i think so to a degree i i'm so obsessed with muskies to begin with that i i just really want to catch them but there there is something different about tournament day i guess i, I don't know if it's a different level i think the day itself is shorter than what i normally fish to so i mean there's that work ethic just kind of kicks up a tick, I guess, for us, and there's a little less breaks. And uh, I don't know if – I'm probably guilty of overthinking things at times out there in a tournament too, so. I think what, cool.
2: what you were saying about writing stuff down, Ryan, comes in handy because, I mean, typically the tournaments are on the same weekend or real close each year. So you can kind of keep track of what bites worked each tournament. Yeah, I mean, it, you just build a. What colors George it, was like, using? Like George was saying,
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> I I keep a log of everything, not just tournaments, but I I am one of those guys. Some people do, some people don't. The only thing you got to be careful with is that people talk about fishing memories, which can be bad. Uh, it it can prove itself to be good keeping that log though. Over time, you run into a similar situation.
0: Uh, what type we, of things are you writing down? Like air temp water temp wind direction you know what else
4: all of the above uh yeah just what I'm seeing um what I feel like I probably could have done differently one of the things one of the phrases we always use is it's all about the drive home so I I, I try in every decision on the water we try and poke holes in. Uh, throughout the day and just before I go commit to what I'm going to do next eight hours from now am I going to be like you're an idiot why would you have done that so I, I try on the spot to, to poke holes in any idea I have on why I'm doing it uh, so a lot of those notes too will, will have stuff like that in there as far as I probably should have tried jigging this deeper weed line or, or whatever it was for, for whatever reason I don't know but
1: uh, dude I'm digging all these quotes I feel like I feel like George is the Ted Lasso oh, of Muskie fishing. Yeah. Like it's like the inspirational, motivational quotes. Right. Are, oh, like, we're all we're, we're gonna go out fishing.
0: Up. Like I'm gonna drive up to the Dota tonight and go fish. I'm fishing. fired up, dude.
4: Like I wish I was Ted up. Lasso of Muskie fishing. I need that positivity <laughs> in my life.
0: <laughs> it's so good.
1: I mean, that's dude, that is amazing. Like I I mean, a lot of times like I feel like I'm just so freaking tired, like driving home from wherever. You know, it's easy to like play Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. Right. But, but like, that's a good point, though. Like, that's, you know, you don't, you you document that stuff. So I don't know. That's just, dude, that's awesome. I eat that
3: stuff up. Dear General. (laughs)
0: I that's one. Of the, i mean a 40, in all honesty, a 43 inch a 43 inch musculange.
3: that's one of my afternoon. pet peeves though is like if i if i go on a trip with some people and like you get in the car for the ride home and the first thing is like they put on the radio and they just like start talking about like some shit totally unrelated to anything that like bothers me. i don't say anything i'm not like a yeah. jerk that's like hey guys but like in my head i'm thinking like we could be talking about like productive things right now Like <laughs> what went wrong what did yeah. we do good what can we do different yep. like game film yeah yeah. yeah, it's cool. Yeah, let's,
0: See, I'm I'm the guy that's cool to take a nap on the way home. <laughs>
3: and that bo- and, and honestly, that bothers me. I'm Like, get up, let's talk, let's figure this out. See, like, why did we not catch anything in a week? Ago? Like, let's
1: I chat. need a little
0: bit of quiet. I do agree <laughs>
1: with Tom, though. Like, even steelheading and stuff, like on that two and a half hour drive home, like it's that is like to to really kind of recap the day and like talk about that stuff. That's kind of important. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can fall asleep, but. When you're doing like consistent trips to Chautauqua though, and it's like three and a half hours one way and you're doing, you're going up and fishing like 14, 15 hours. It is freaking hard to recap on the way home. Yeah. Like just barely
0: staying awake. Yeah. So where do you keep your boat? Like you keep it on Chautauqua or you keep it at home and and
4: Uh, everywhere. Right now it's in my driveway. Okay. So yeah, most of the time it's with me Uh, in the winter. I keep it in, uh There's a we have a garage up there. It's big enough, so I I, I do keep it up there in the winter time.
1: Now, do you leave your boat out like in the driveway? Do you oh yeah, co- you cover it.
4: I do have a cover for it. Yeah,
1: is that like an all weather cover from like yeah, real, like a,
0: a cover cover or like one of those cheapy
4: ones? No, it's it's a nice cover. A, a Connie Conneautville canvas. They I seem see. to do a lot of work for a lot of people. Yeah, so I can yeah. kind
3: of roll the game around here. It seems like
4: everyone yeah.
0: those guys don't mess around, man, and their prices are are. I mean you can't beat it.
3: That's next on my list. Yeah, maybe like, from a long ways.
0: Dude, Tom, your boat will cost six hundred bucks.
3: And that's what I paid for the stupid it. stock cover that I hate. It's like it's like a tarp from Busy Beaver with a ratchet. Oh yeah, it,
0: dude, six hundred bucks. It was bucks. like five hundred Gar- bucks. Because yours is the same size as mine. Yep. Six hundred bucks.
3: I'm in, sign that's... me up, take my money. See, I gotta do that.
1: I need to make a trip up there too.
3: I was just feel like how I waited that. last to do that though, the thing I should have done first. Like I should have bought the boat and been like, I need a really good cover. But like, well, I learned that. After, I
0: learned that in a hurry. Like you can't leave, yeah. just leave a boat out there. Like I didn't yeah, really you're think sunk. about that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> if you like, Holy crap. Like if you don't That'll touch it for you. two weeks. It'll, it'll sink.
1: <laughs> Tom, you have a carport though too. Yeah. It does help. Yeah. But I was just kind of curious about that. Yeah. George, Cause that was like one of my debates from earlier this year get a cover you won't regret it
2: yeah i keep eyeing up the uh the deluxe uh superstructure like donnie got for the the bimini enclosure
4: that's nice too donnie donnie could fish in a snowstorm man he could fish in a blizzard those are they i I have one for mine and it's it's game changing late in the season or early in the year too it's did you have did did outville do that too yeah 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 man cool
1: you got a little buddy heater
4: you know what i never did the heater thing i um i know people do i i'm always pretty active even when i'm trolling i'm always changing lines doing something i'm moving or grooving i haven't had to maybe i will if the weather's bad enough but uh just the whole staying dry and keeping the wind off is game changing in and of itself so
1: now are you fishing like like 12 months out of the year you take any breaks
4: yeah if it's if it's drill through it if it's frozen over I, I, <laughs> I honestly so part of me and i this i could probably get a lot of shit for saying this at times i think of like some of those places uh the wisconsin guys and the minnesota guys and stuff and i actually think it, it could be a good break to have a closed season mm-hmm. i just um i can't we don't so i don't stop that and that's
2: what you know, like it seems like chautauqua they get like the a lot of nice fish that first weekend right and then i don't know if it's because they haven't been seeing
4: baits yeah either. i agree um i i i don't know but yeah even just from a physical mental standpoint of of musky fishing sometimes i think it would be nice relax. wasn't allowed to go right you can't you don't even yeah, allow you have to you knock can't go, there. yeah sorry george you can't, can't yeah, even no.
3: think about it can't go don't even yeah. don't even think about
1: it i mean that speaks to the addiction though right there too like you really just can't allow yourself to take a break yeah i guess That's you
3: could it. but why? why like pull why the spark plugs that? on your car and like hide them <laughs>
0: well you know to let's let's go this carries us right into something i wanted to talk about was kind of like where everyone is in their musky addiction and and kind of where i met george first because in 2017 when i caught my big musky on lake nipissing and i like that got me that like it switched me into absolute 100% musky fever and if i'm i don't know if it was that fall or if it was late, if it was in the next year, but it was either late in 2017 or in, in 2018, I was just looking to buy, uh, you know, musky, whatever. I was kind of Googling you, you, I mean, I was on Craigslist. I I had absolute musky fever. I didn't know what I was doing at all. I didn't have any rod. Like I had one rod set up, like and it was a seven foot six Fenwick, you know, and, uh, with a Shimano Corrado, 300 reel. I didn't have anything. And I really wanted to buy Larry Dahlberg's, uh, like the soft bait kit. I really wanted to, that was something that I wanted to do. And my dad, we were going to do it together. Like we were going to, this was going to be our thing. And I find some guy selling a, like basically a garage full of, of musky equipment in the sense of like, there were like two, two different, like Larry Dahlberg kits. There's like giant tubs of Alumisol. I want to say like four tubs of Alumisol, an air gun. I mean, uh, an airbrush. Uh, I mean, gosh, you name mica it. Mica powder. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like tons of that mica powder <laughs> for like 150 bucks. Old
3: and release. I'm like,
0: And one, like one of those, one of those Larry Dahlberg, um, you know, bait making kits cost 50 bucks. And I believe George had two of them. And it was so to cut to the chase, it turns out that the guy selling that stuff was George. And I had no idea at the time, but I go to his house to pick this stuff up. And dude, my mind was fucking blown. I mean, he had like six different casting rods. He had like all these trolling rods. He had them all. He had real covers on everything. He's got it. He didn't have a big boat. He probably, that was probably the when you, I think it was kind of like a Boston whaler type of.
4: That's a Carolina skiff. Yeah. So Carolina skiff. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that, so that's what, but I mean, he had all the gear imaginable and I just stood around like looking like, I'm like, Oh man, like, dude, if you ever want to sell any of this stuff, like, please just let me know. And, you know, but I ended up buying that stuff. And really that's what I never ended up getting into the, you know, making much of the hard baits or anything, but that is 100% what got me started building bucktails and just interested in in bait making period. And then for things to kind of come full circle, you know, five, five, six years down the road and meet George through, you know musky max and you know just and then putting two and two together and being like hey wait that's the dude who i bought all that shit from you know it was was pretty cool and it's you know then to find out what a good fisherman you are obviously and you know how involved you are in the club man it's just been it's been a really cool the guys make fun of me for using the term organic but uh you know it happened organically in the sense that you know all this stuff happened without any type of uh connections ahead of time like it's just it's all just kind of happened if that and makes it doesn't sense.
3: even stop there because then owen didn't use the plastic and then right. i get the plastic so that, from owen and he tells me about exactly. this george guy and i'm like and i told george just at musky max i'm thinking george you know older guy he might be dead that's how owen got his plastic you know <laughs> and then it comes comes out musky max i meet george and george is not dead george is alive and <laughs> george is like a cool dude like he's like, like oh wow cool our your... age i'm like okay
0: sweet i can talk
3: to george about this
0: so yeah so george george can claim you know a good part in me starting my musky musky you know bait making and also tom starting his hey, I unloaded. I'm like
3: 2000 and the whole one a new hobby that i didn't need yes. thanks george
0: proud to ruin other lives yeah thanks <laughs> thanks, buddy <laughs> hey so well, uh,
4: if my ship is sinking so is yours guys yeah so i remember all that well uh i'll, I'll- tell a quick story about it and uh, a funny version in, in jest. Uh, but I, obviously I was selling all that stuff and I'm doing it. I was, you go through these phases where you just absolutely hate these fish and I can't remember what it was, uh, whether it was a bad slump or something, but I remember like, uh, just kicking the dirt, but Owen seems like a nice guy he comes to the house. He wants to buy the stuff and we're walking around and we're talking and he's like, yeah, I just I caught this fifty whatever whatever you got 54, inch inches. Yeah. yeah, last year and I'm in my head I'm like go fuck yourself.
0: Cheers. Of course, bro, dude. Thinking back on it now, Get out I, mean, I would have been like, I would have been like, dude, Max. I, I would have been like, please leave, like. So- so I Just apologize go. if I seem like a dick after I, I, that. No, I was it. so ignorant to everything. I mean, oh, I I had to have looked like a deer in headlights when I walked in there, and you had to have been like, "Oh, dude, this dude has no clue what the hell <laughs> is going on." And here he's showing me a, a picture of fifty fours. He's like, "This, <laughs> <fuck> <laughs> this guy
1: probably yeah, got all, it on a freaking walleye jig." Like, right?
4: Yeah, piece of corn or something. A crawler. <laughs> Did you eat it? Did you eat it?
0: That's funny.
2: That's amazing. All good.
0: So when did you put, when did, when did you put two and two together and realize who I was from, you know, if I was that person?
4: I, I, the podcast number one, you guys have, I can't, I mean, I just being addicted to the fish. I I follow everything, um, as far as any type of media or, or musky fishing stuff goes, so that popped up on my phone. I actually think I was going to Lake St. Clair on a trip or something and uh, recommended podcast for you and it said musky hunks. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So I uh, fired that up and yeah, I it immediately, which by the way, I kudos to you guys for doing this. Uh, I know you've been getting a lot of it, but I, I think the whole format's great. Just the weekend angler, just what you guys are doing is absolutely perfect and people Thanks, need man. to hear it. So yeah. Cool. Uh, but thank I, you,
0: George. I appreciate that, man. Yeah,
4: thank you. I, I remember... Yeah, podcast number one. I'm like, that's the guy that bought all that shit out of my garage. And yeah, I think you, <laughs> I, I think you told the story about that fish at some point in time. Not many, maybe whenever you had Reagan on or something. Um, I remember the podcast, and that was kind of like the clarifying point of like, yeah, I'm right, that's him. So yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, man. And and you know, it's just
0: kind of how things collide and you know life happens in in weird ways and it's it just fascinates me and it's this fish kind of seems to have that effect on people if that makes any sense
4: yeah absolutely uh it it does on me and it it, there's a lot of my life that revolves around it that's for sure so for good or bad yeah gives you something to do
1: yeah I think it's hilarious so how, how we all get addicted to this extent where it literally becomes a part of life. Like, is there, is there a day that goes by George that you don't talk about muskies?
4: Um, so there's not a day that goes by that I'm not heavily involved in something musky related, but there's probably days that go by where I don't talk about it. This is my wife would laugh here, but like, it, I just, You've got those people at work or or whatever, you know, everyone wants to t- they would wear you out. Yeah, that he fishes and they they but they and it's nothing against them. They're great people, right? But they don't have a clue. Right. Um and 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 that's I really do avoid trying to talk about it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> just for my own mental well-being. But, uh I not a not a day goes by where there's not some form of effort put into it. Um Have
0: you, have you you ever thought about like throwing your hat in the ring for a PMTT or something like that?
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I definitely want to do that. Um,
0: I mean, it's such a hike for guys out East like this. So that's the, I think that would be the biggest.
4: Yeah. I, I I just want to experience it. Um, I, I, I do want to do it, but I don't, I don't have an interest in like going to cave run and then that's it. If I'm going to do it, I'd like to just do the whole season. Uh, so I do want to do it. The last three years, I've just been waiting for any type of favorable schedule. Uh I know this year, I mean, uh, outside of Cave Run, every, the closest one's 14 hours away, and then there's another one that's like 26 hours away. There, there's a lot of towing for me. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's, like
2: that's... Cave Run always seems like it's difficult conditions early in the year yeah. like that.
4: Yeah, which I'm fine with. I mean, everyone's going to get the same hand. Right. But I would like to experience. That, that whole PMTT trail at some point. And uh, I, eventually I'll just bite the bullet and do it. I'm just really hoping I can get at least one more that's on this half of the world. Uh, i tell you yeah. what would be cool is, I, I don't know if they, how it would work, if they could find a way to maybe do two separate circuits or something. Yeah,
0: like in Eastern, I mean, there's yeah. certainly enough bodies of
4: water. Alternate the championship or something. I don't know. And I think they've come to Chautauqua before. They did. Yeah,
0: I think they have too. That- yeah, I know they talked about it on the AZ podcast years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, about in because actually the story was Tony about Tony and Greg, uh, that they fished in, and, in the PMTT in Chautauqua. Yeah. And I think Tony Greg won it, yeah. I think Greg won it, and that was yeah. the time like Tony brought some uh lady of the night back to the <laughs> to the uh, what's the, oh, the dude we we won. The we, we want, want you. You. the we went through the front gate
4: that's awesome oh.
0: <laughs> but i i always i mean i've always thought that sucks that guys from out here that are very good fishermen really don't even have the opportunity because it's cost prohibitive cost prohibitive to to really do that for most people
2: right yeah and and you're on a you know essentially foreign body of water you don't right it's
0: not a it's not something that you would have any local knowledge of even as a kid like you know hearing stories or having people to talk to
4: yeah some one year i'm gonna do them i i I don't know when i'll keep an eye out for a schedule or something but i I do want to at least check it out and say that i've done that so
1: you guys ever see those giant weed beds like out on minnesota lakes like you always see like brad hoppy casting those like and these fish come in hot over top of the weeds do you know how bad like i want to short line over that stuff <laughs> at like four five four seven i don't even know oh. if you can get through it but i want to do it
0: i'm the nipissing there's uh there's some spots on that 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 that's exactly what you do
3: miles Speaking yeah. of weeds, I got one for George here. So you, you're mentioning like you were the bass guy fishing the bass tournaments, right? Like you were balls deep in bass fishing. Were you, were you like balls deep as much as you are in muskie? Like you were obsessed
4: with bass too? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I was not nearly, uh, I don't want to say as good. Those, those tournaments are so big, like those mm. are so tough to win. And you're talking mm. about um i tip my cap to those guys all the time I, I know as musky fishermen we make fun of them and i still do and it's it's fun but it, there's turn. so many people it's so saturated and and you're talking about hundreds of guys um that you have to beat out and it's always just by ounces mm-hmm. uh it's the they're just very difficult they're they're mentally tough too so well, uh, I, I was definitely fully engrossed but uh it's, it's not something I think about regularly. That's for sure.
3: That's, oh, that was, that's what I was going to ask. Like if you ever drive by some like lily pads, like musky fishing and get like the hanker into like chuck a frog in them, or you, oh, you let it go completely.
4: I, I, I haven't let it go completely. Okay. Um, small mouth on jerk baits, pre-spawn still get me excited. I, I, I like to do that. Um, that's a lot of fun. Gotcha. But, and so I probably do that a couple times a year, and and that scratches the itch and good enough. And yeah,
3: yep, that's cool.
4: I was curious. Uh, anything eating jerk baits is pretty. Fun. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yank so, it into a dead stop. Yep. Yeah.
0: I got another well,
3: one.
1: Go
0: ahead okay, good, right? No, well, well, that Nick's. You know, talking about jerk baits. I was going to ask, like, kind of, what are your preferred. Jerk baits or what are your, what are your preferred kind of baits? Are you fishing local guys or are you fishing kind of the more mass produced things or what's your, what's your go-to thing?
4: Yeah. Um, I just jerk baits.
0: So no, I I mean really just, no, when you're talking any baits, like you, you're a glide bait guy mm -hmm. and, and jerk baits, like what are you fishing local stuff or.
4: I do try and, and fish as much local stuff as I can. We got a ton of great bait makers in the area. Uh, Glide baits, my buddy Tim, uh rig boss baits. He makes a mean glide bait. Uh that's probably been my number one winter cold water bait uh for a few years now. I we'll uh, have to
0: have him on at some point because uh I just like I was telling you off the, off off the podcast, I won one of his baits in uh, the Chautauqua showdown raffle. And I'm really looking forward to to throwing that. But uh but yeah, he's he seems on my like way, a, Timmy. A, I think
3: kind of roughly close-ish. If he's I'm something. saying it's close, it's close. <laughs>
0: West I don't go far.
3: Yeah. It's West, he's my county. So he's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah.
4: We think yeah, he makes a mean bait. I if if I can give a tip towards anybody, I, I see a lot of people. I, I saw it at the max. Everyone and I think this is probably musky baits as a whole, which is fine. But where those baits shine is is in colder water. Uh not that they don't work in warmer water too. They absolutely do. I, I prefer glide baits in colder water, but everyone seems to go a little too small, in my opinion, for the cold water stuff. And, uh, I've caught and moved some giant fish on his nine inch model. And everyone wants to go to those smaller things, which are great baits too. And I've caught some nice fish on those, but, uh, my advice to anybody, uh, glide baiting cooler water is, is step it up, uh, try a bigger bait, uh, that, the, his, his nines are, are, are killer baits. So. Check those out. Does um, he
0: make any type of jerk baits or is he just a glide bait guy?
4: He has some Twitch baits and stuff that he's been working on. He's been making the glide baits. That's been his bread and butter from as far as what I know. He's he has a couple of nice crank baits he's putzing around with now too uh, for the trolling guys. But um, Strictly glides is the the nine inch one I was referring to. Um, as far as jerk baits go, uh, I throw a ton of stuff. Um, Leo jerks. Uh, the AZ Raptors, there's, I don't even know if he's still around or makes baits. There was a guy named Dan Hughes in Ohio, uh, Lunge Lumber Lures. Uh, he makes a prowler. It's it's a big wooden bait. Um, uh, caught a lot of nice fish on those. Um, some different dive. Is that
0: like a dive and rise or? Yeah, similar.
4: It's it's kind of got that, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like the, the head's cut out like a Leo is. Um, okay like
0: a cutthroat type yeah.
4: of yes yeah okay um i can grab one here when we get off i'll show you but the uh dive and rise stuff i've actually caught a few um nice fish on um if you guys the today's angler guys that leviathan lease bait um that's a nice bait uh I've, I've caught a few nice fish on that too so yeah I jerk baits are kind of something i gravitate towards but
0: uh, now that the the Leviathan reminds me more of like uh a, a barfighter type of bait. Yeah, I, I guess you know? it'd be similar. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Here's a question. Nick, for Nick
0: you. was throwing his bar fighter. He was he was showing off when we were casting Ooh, off Gucci. That's Look right. My we're on my, we're on my little rate. boat and he's like whipping out bar fighter. I said, Is that a real barfighter? Hmm. <laughs> goodness. Mm. That's not a China Barfighter, is it?
3: No. Was he drinking like a Fiji water or like a
0: yeah, smart it's, water? It's smothering gray poupon on it. Uh-huh. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know you did have
1: real bar fighters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: anyways. <laughs> on your bait,
2: on when you're casting baits, do you prefer hard tails or soft tails?
4: Ah, good
0: question. Good question.
4: That is a good question. Uh, I, I personally, I I struggle with this still. So um, I like. I'm kind of old school. I prefer gun to my head, hard, just hard body straight through. Um, I'll take the extra hook. Um, There's probably a time and a place for soft tails. I actually had Leo tell me one time years and years ago at a show, um, if you're getting a lot of follows or something like that, that the soft tail might be a good alternative to go to maybe to trigger uh, something following in the biting. But I, I always start with a, hard body all the way through and
3: um do you find that the hard bodies are a little easier to work than a soft tail no when i started out that's something i thought like phantoms like a soft tail phantom versus the
4: solid phantom i was like whoa these are way easier so i yes so in the glide bait world i would agree with you yes Uh, i I apologize i thought we were talking jerk baits oh yeah jerk baits i don't have an issue with glide baits yeah i um uh I think that a straight body one a lot of times is easier to work, unless it's something like a hellhound, uh, which Mm -hmm. doesn't. Yeah.
1: I had something and now I can't remember what it was.
0: I know. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I always screw everyone up.
1: (laughs) No, that one wasn't you that time, (laughs) even though I'd like to blame you anyway. I'll take it. Yeah, you, George, you kind of touched on Musky Max a little bit there and like. One of the things that I think is part of the progression of muskie fish, and I'm curious about, you know, what you went through here is like, you go to these shows, you see all this stuff on social media, you see all these baits and like a lot of times, like what I did was I was just buying a bunch of stuff I didn't know how to use. Like, did you go through that same, you know, deal? Like at first when you, when you started fishing for muskies, like.
4: Oh God. Yeah.
1: Okay.
4: <laughs> yeah i i I wish every day I could go back and just shake me violently. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, there, it, there there's such a learning curve in the beginning, and I even to this day I still say it to myself all the time I have so much shit. Everyone does. I I get it. It's that's part of the problem. But uh, I always go on these tangents where I'm like I'm done I'm not buying anymore I have so much shit I can only cast one bait at a time all this stuff and then you inevitably hit a point in time where you just completely break and it's most of the time show season mm-hmm. and, and just buy way more shit than you need or, or want and every year around now too I start pulling some stuff out that I got at shows and I'm like did I forgot I even got that yeah <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: why did I buy this yeah <laughs> I was just curious how your experience was there, you know, like, man, I just feel like a lot of people go through that and it's just hard. That's not something that you can just like easily shake and just be like, I'm going to throttle back and do this. You know, it's just, it's hard.
0: Throttle back in muskie fishing. Like there's no way to do that in any, d- in any way.
1: I do think there is a way to do it. Like, I think there's a difference between like, going just like crazy at shows, buying stuff you don't know how to use. And then finally getting comfortable and kind of like settling into more of like a comfort zone of like, Oh no,
0: I agree with that. 100%. I mean, you never throttle
1: back per se. Like I'm still going to buy all the baits that I'm now comfortable with.
0: It's now more directed spending where, I mean, you guys buy, like, I mean, uh, you guys know that Leo's work for you and why? Like, so you guys have, boatloads of those baits because they work you know and that that makes
4: sense
3: if you're asking even though nobody's asking me if you're asking me owen said something earlier that was like it ties into this the thing with your jerk baits that you're gaining confidence and now you're like so long i only fish bucktails and that's i think that's kind of a good way to do it you get a lure, you fish the shit out of it until you're like bored with it so you know till you're like you're like I'm the best bucktail fisherman there is I know everything about how to put a bucktail where I want to put it moving on to the next thing and like you're doing now you're saying I'm gaining confidence in jerk baits and then once you're bored as shit with a jerk bait you go okay I'm moving on to a I agree and then
0: that's where I my it's, it's a great point Tom because right now because I have so much confidence in there. I want to get some Keep confidence it, with like it out. T- tubes or rubber. Yeah. I Because I don't have any, I've never caught a tube fish. I've caught, I've caught one fish on rubber. So, you know, I want to get confidence in those baits mm. too. Because Add it to that, the belt. Know, yeah. Just the, adding it to the repertoire.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having, having somebody to have a good person in the boat to fish with. Uh, my mm-hmm. buddy, Brian and I, we fish great together. And part of that is, is cause we don't really care who's doing what uh, there, there's always an experimentation piece to it. So uh, the, the best times to do that stuff is when the fish are going. So it, I don't care if he, if person A is is throwing a bait and it's working, um, obviously there's a point in time where you double up and, and you both want to catch some fish, but it's good to have somebody. And that's a great way to get confidence because if they're active and they're going, Uh, It's it's fun to throw something you normally don't and catch a fish on it.
0: Okay, so that's a great point. Like if your buddy is fishing at the front of the boat and he's got three fish on raptors, are you going to put a raptor on or are you going to keep throwing something different? Because, you know, the fish are going, you know, he's gotten three fish. This is the time to try something different. Is that the time to go? All right, I'm putting on I'm putting on a raptor.
4: Three tends to be the rule. threes three. Once you get up by three, that's that's a good time to say screw the experimentation. Um, <laughs> all right, um, uh, that's again, when this, the dam this, breaks. Yeah, that's that's about it. Three fish this is rule.
0: full of. We're gonna have. Uh, I'm just gonna have to like go back and make notes out of this podcast of <laughs> of, of like okay three like all these things.
3: Here, George. One's luck, two's getting there, and three's bullshit. I just want it.
1: I want George right now to be like <laughs> number four believe like that's it <laughs> ted lasso of musky fishing right there we're gonna oh, start right. selling uh it. what
2: would george do bracelets yeah
0: i <laughs> love this dude that's awesome oh, so all right so do you have any more trips coming up this year and like do you go to i guess really do you do you ever go to canada or the saint lawrence or things like that
4: yeah so um I am. My wife and I are going to the Kawartha's. Okay. um, And I had some things kind of got mixed up in in the middle of September. I was supposed to go to the Saint Lawrence. I still may. Um, I'm I'm fishing somewhere for a week in September. I don't know where it is yet, Uh, but hopefully there. Well. We, we we
0: probably have some room if you if you if you <laughs> wanted to come to Nipissing for uh, for the first week of September. I appreciate I mean, it, that. It'd be it would be crowded towards the end of the week, but uh, you know I think
4: the first couple of days it's just going to be me and Nick. I appreciate that. I'm 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 going <laughs> the 10th to the 17th, somewhere in there, in the middle of the in the middle of the month. So, yeah. cool. Yeah.
1: Have you spent much time up on Saint Lawrence?
4: No, I haven't been. Okay, uh, this is your first time. Yeah.
1: That's super cool. That's definitely yeah. on my bucket list too. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned your buddy Brian that you fish with all the time. Like, is yeah. he your is he your main fishing partner, or do you fish with a bunch of other people?
4: I fish with a lot of people. He's the main guy. Um, I, I fish almost all the tournaments. He didn't do the last one with me. He he was on a family vacation. But um, he's the guy I fish all the tournaments with. He's the asshole that got me into all this. Um, so that's yeah, and he's got to suffer too.
5: Yeah.
4: So, uh, <laughs> he <clears throat> he's he's the guy i fish with i'd say 70 percent of the time so
0: now does he have a boat as well or do you do you do you kind of fishing
4: as a team in the sense that okay, he does he, he's your boat he has a smaller boat uh we're we're always in my boat um
1: you never you get like, the do you ever get the wife out there muskie fishing
4: uh yeah she this is her time man she's uh a nice. natural born troller um, there you go like summer sun and yeah fair weather fishermen but yeah she she's Mine getting too. good out there on the rods she she control like the with the best of them so
1: good yeah that's awesome dude hmm. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there
4: no 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 no,
0: not at all not at all i for uh, forget what where i where i was there but um there's a what did i want to what did i want to bring up
3: well, I have one that can throw us completely off Go track. For it. So, on my website for my baits, I have George as part of my story, but I call him George McMusky because I didn't know if he wanted his name out there. Am I allowed to put George McGrady on the website? <laughs> That's fine. What's nice. the website? What's the website, Tom?
4: It's SaddleTrampBaitCo.com. Okay. But so, it's, you're, you're selling plastic baits now?
3: Yeah, getting into it, That's slowly awesome. but surely. I'll get you some, but I had, I had like the, how I obtained the plastic from Owen and the stupid little story. And I'm like, he probably doesn't want his name on the internet. So he was George McMusky until
4: tonight. Now he's <laughs> getting changed. I like
1: this. I think this is a good Nick, George McMusky lasso.
4: There I have go. another buddy that uses McMusky. Oh yeah. You won't be the first there, but yeah. Good dude. Hello. Nice.
0: All That's right. Awesome. So what, a um, trying to think what other things i wanted to wanted to get into anyone else have anything they wanted to talk about
1: i have i have one that's like maybe two or
0: Yours three are always
1: two three quarters I,
3: of- I know dude i'm always have a I'm two-part awful. question
1: it's just like i don't know I, I gotta stop asking if i can ask questions too but
4: yeah just ask away yeah you're yeah, like, uh, allowed you're allowed
1: you know like now i can't remember what i wanted to say uh. There's, there's this whole like other element of like, you know, and again, like going back to what I said about guys looking up to you, like in the club and seeing tournament wins and seeing fish like we all want to catch fish like that's part of being out there. But, you know, with that said, like, there's a lot of new guys that get into the sport. And I think with your level of experience and everything that you've done out on the water, like what what would be your your best advice? For these guys getting into the sport of musky fishing,
4: um, first if they're looking up to me, they gotta find a better fucking role model. (laughs) (laughs) it's just like local guys, though. Like, put fish in
0: the boat, man.
1: Dude, there's so many guys that, like, I mean, all across the country. True, you, you know, like it's it's so hard to. Sorry, my diabetes thing's going off. it's so hard to like some of these guys you look in the industry like it's easy to look up the guys at musky fish because it's it's not an easy thing to do but it's even harder to get local guys that you know are just like super down to earth like willing to talk and like it's just it's a whole thing so yeah like i know there's guys out there that, that look up to to you george and it's for all those reasons but like you know, what's the, what, what do you think is a good advice?
4: So <clears throat> I think there's a, by no means do I consider myself an expert. I appreciate all the kind words. I, I, I don't, I just fish really hard. I love it. Um, I'll, I'll give advice that I seem to be what I think is best, but I think a lot of musky fishermen, especially new ones, probably overthink things a lot. And I still do. Uh, everyone's trying to figure out a pattern or why something's biting or, or what's going on in the, in the beginning, if you just get out there and it's so cliche, but time on the water is everything. And, and I know that's just been told to everybody to nauseam, but it's true. If the more time you spend out there, you will learn exponentially. Um, pro the, the one, two, two big things that I remember, when I started that we still say to this day, uh, I remember a very old um, Linder video with James Linder saying musky fishing is an efficiency game. And that that could not be more true. So the more efficient you become at whatever it is you're doing. So for if if it's prep at home, if it's sharpening hooks, if it's keeping the boat in order. If it's anything that gets you 10 extra casts throughout the course of a day, anything that makes you more efficient will ultimately over time lead to more muskies, which is the second piece. I, I said that earlier over time in muskie fishing is that I, I don't, people talk about patterning fish. I, they're so tough to pattern in the course of a day. And if you pay attention to what you're able to do and how you're able to catch fish over time, Uh, it'll pay dividends for you. It's so much just hard work, putting your head down, go out there, enjoy the process. You're going to get punched in the mouth. Just have fun with it. It's the best advice I can give.
0: Now what's just specifically your involvement with Muskies Inc. Do you think being a part of has chapter 16 helped you or like, is that, has that been a part of your kind of growing experience or have you really just, uh, you know, gotten
4: involved in the tournament aspect yeah absolutely so i i i can't remember when i joined it's been a long time now um but i think it's been relatively more recently like i said i i didn't start really fishing tournaments till 27 2017 2018 um i probably was in Muskie inc for a good five to seven years prior to that uh and i don't know it's at some point it just became you you pour all of your energy into this you should probably get more involved with an organization that gives back to it uh as far as my affiliation with the club goes I'll, i just try and help out wherever i can but i don't it's not like i uh have any official role or anything there i i, I just yeah show up fish some tournaments uh support Muskie inc where i can and Win some plaques at the end of the year.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, win win. Chance back up the hardware. You know, bling bling. Do you? uh I'm
1: just curious because I've never done this, and I, it's on my list to do. Do you go to the banquets at all?
4: So I went. My first one was this past one. Uh, yeah, I think
0: you. Yeah, you were you were at this this yeah. year's banquet, right? Yeah, and I. I thought, dude, it was awesome. I'm never was. gonna miss it. I'm never. Yeah. I'm literally never missing another banquet. What is again.
4: said the same i said the same thing to brian when we were there i've never ever been to one as long as i've been doing this for whatever reason if i can get some time off i'm probably fishing i will never miss another one i mean that that table of baits for for those that like to gamble on baits i mean you want to talk about high-end hard to get lures and there was just piles of them yeah right unbelievable it it was insane yeah i was pretty annoyed
3: that i missed it's just sitting through the group oh, chat and like you're, watching the pictures. I mean, how
4: hard is it to get a DK?
0: And there were, six I don't like know. Pre- yes, yeah, yeah, six, yeah. eight, something like that. I mean, geez, oh man. Ba- I mean, there were bakers there, were you, you name it. So yeah, I think, and I, I don't go to the meetings as often as I should. In fact, I don't go at all. I should go. Because Nick has said that there's a, a there's a fairly decent raffle table at uh at usually
2: at like every three or meeting. four baits yeah. each meeting.
4: Yeah, I I'm I don't go to a ton, I go to a, a few each year, but um yeah, they always have a few uh decent baits. I've seen bakers and stuff there, so yeah. Yeah, that's
1: cool. Mm-hmm. Um it's something to check out for when is that typically March?
4: March sometime. Yeah. It was – right after max i believe
0: yeah it was like you know, maybe a week or two after after max yeah and it was a it was definitely a, i would hi- highly recommend that when i when i, I heard do. what i think it was kellen that like just killed it last it not this past year the year before where he just like won god knows every bait but anyways so uh where do we want to go from
4: here boys wherever yeah.
3: the wind takes us yeah George, you
2: have
4: anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I'm in for whatever. I got I got nothing particular. I'm, I'm...
0: biggest fish.
4: Mm, longest is 51. I've been stuck there for a decade. A
3: PA fish or?
4: Really? Uh, a decade. F- uh, okay. Uh, 50 and a half in PA. That's another thing. I, I, we talked about failing earlier. Um guys need to talk about that more in 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 pa that's a tough fish to get uh and they exist i'm not saying they don't um people should be proud of that i was i was overly obsessed with hitting that 50 mark for a long time um and we caught a lot of nice fish in the process of that and i probably wasn't as appreciative of some of the really big fish we caught because it just didn't quite hit that number but that's a tough, tough nut to crack in PA. And
0: I remember Joe Booker saying that you know, like that that the the forty nine inch fish yeah. is incredibly Makes you underrated. Not appreciate the
4: forty eight. Yeah, the heaviest uh, I've I've caught multiple fish that I believe are significantly heavier than than the fifties. So uh, yeah. So electronics, where does George McGrady stand? What does he run? I run Garmin's. Um, okay. Live Scope? Uh, This is my first year with LiveScope, yeah. I I had um, an old, before LiveScope came out, they had like an original Panoptix PS-22 transducer. I've had that for a few years. That didn't need a black box. That just needed to hook up to a power source. Uh, The best way I could describe it is it kind of looked like LiveScope if it was rendering as like 2D. It's kind of just more blobby, Um, but you could see out from the boat. Um, I have, I, whenever I got my boat in 2000 in 20, uh, I went Garmin across the board just because that's the unit I had on my little boat. Uh, I, I tell you what's an awesome piece of machinery is I got a Garmin force trolling motor. Um, Mm. that, that thing's lights out. That's a really cool, Piece of equipment, especially if you're running Garmin units, um, everything talks to each other. So that's a newer. I don't know newer offering. offering.
0: I mean, it's it, that's what within the last year, two two years or so, right? That they've um, into that so they they
4: just came out with a brand new one, I believe. Like literally, yeah, my, I saw
2: that, and yeah. it has it has like the almost like a Wii remote directional. Yep.
4: Some videos of that. That's crazy. Yeah, the one I have, I think, has been out since 2020. um that's when i got it uh but it's it's pretty cool i um i remember tom i think you were mentioning your cable drive or or Mm. talking about a cable drive for a while it's it's a wireless foot pedal but it's exactly like a cable drive oh nice um so it's bluetooth to the trolling motor it feels like a cable drive it runs like a cable drive um and it's it's got the same power button on it uh everything uh, there's a transducer, side imaging transducer in the trolling motor itself, um, which is really—I didn't realize how much I would like that. Uh, but
3: yeah. it's Now right. is that universal? Like, if I had a Garmin trolling motor, could I tie that into a Humminbird,
4: or would have would it have to be this?
0: Yeah, would Garmin? you have to
4: go all Garmin? No, you it, it you could use the trolling motor without tying it into anything, mm-hmm. uh, but but it does sync up to Garmin units. Um, uh, okay. And did you have that when you bought the
0: boat, you had that installed factory or do you have that done like aftermarket?
4: So that was the first trolling motor on the boat. So, I mean, I had that, I, I ordered that when I ordered the boat. Um, if you don't mind me asking, where'd you, where'd you buy your boat? Uh, Lake road Marine. Uh, okay. I'm, first I person I know with a
3: Garmin trolling. Motor. Yeah. Yeah,
4: motor. yeah. absolutely. And, and I, I gotta be honest too. So they have a, I got, I up, created my transducer too they have a new hd side imaging transducer this year um and it's pretty comparable i i I see hummingbirds i've fished in boats with hummingbirds uh i wouldn't say it's as good but it's a good side imaging transducer too so uh, i think they're good electronics
0: if you have the transducer in the in in the trolling motor head and you have the trolling motor up and you're trolling like with you know just using your outboard is there a separate transducer does it read separately i
4: I still have a separate transducer back at the transom okay yeah that makes sense
1: Hmm. dude this whole electronics game like i i do it for a living but i'm never like thinking about that when i'm thinking about fishing this is crazy how all this stuff you can network together even with bluetooth like i never really even thought about a lot of this like we've talked about a little bit but like that seems like a pretty sweet setup
0: yeah, it it's... actually seems like it, it's been kind of underutilized up until this point, And maybe the industry is kind of catching up to, mm-hmm. I mean, think about your car. I mean, you know, you've been able to connect everything to your car for years now, but it's just, you know, the fact that you can't connect your iPad to a trolling mode, you know, to to your uh Humminbird Well, I think is, can now. It's just no, Humminbird I think Humminbird still is, holding out. It, I think they're supposed. you supposedly can now. This probably on know. like the Solix seventeen. Yeah. But anyways, something. it just boggles my mind. Like, how hard is it to? How hard would it be to just cast your screen mm-hmm. to your iPad?
3: You they're know, or whatever,
0: or your phone. You know, it, do- it. I don't know. It just seems ridiculous.
3: Because they want you to pay more money, of course, for the bigger dollars. unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: of course. That's why you know the 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 you know one more one extra inch of screen. Dude, if I could doubles, take my- Literally doubles the fucking price. I'm
3: thinking back to high school. I could take, in high school, in like 2010, I could take my iPod Touch and cast it to a TV, I think, if I remember correctly. So you're bullshit. You, you're telling me how, that Humminbird didn't have that technology in like 2010, 2011, <laughs> where you could just send your unit to your iPhone. You know what I mean? Right. But they're holding out. They just want you to buy the the 15-inch unit and not use your iPad. Hey,
0: so here's a question. Capitalism. Mm-hmm like
1: out of all the stuff that you have on your boat for the course of a day out on the water like what's one thing on on your boat that you would say is like absolutely critical like at, maybe aside from like release tools and the standard stuff like is there something that you have that you know you rely on heavily uh
4: I mean it it the trolling motor is probably my biggest piece of equipment on the boat that I couldn't deal without. Um As far as an individual tool, I, yeah, I, I don't know, Ryan. Uh,
1: I mean, I think that's a tough question anyway, but like, I'm yeah, just curious because some guys are so like heavy, like heavy on the electronics and, you know, like I'm still kind of getting used to some of this, but I've noticed like, I would probably, the the thing that I look at most right now is my graph, but I think my favorite aspect of the boat is like the rod holders, because for me, even though that sounds kind of silly, like that's a super important thing to what I do out there. Yeah. You know, and I think guys sometimes struggle with that type of a config and a setup. And like, that was the one thing that I focused on was getting that right, because I knew I was going to troll a lot. But I was just kind of curious if there was something that, you know, you added to the boat or if there was something that really like helped you out there,
4: Do you, you mainly troll Ryan,
1: I would say now. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen, I love to cast Tom shaking his head. I, I still love to cast, but
3: he says what they all say, George, I love to cast. I just troll 99%. No, of the it, time. It's,
1: it's my favorite way to fish for muskies is that downsized bass stuff in the winter.
4: Yeah.
3: And
1: I, I just like that in the creeks and stuff like that. It's just it, it that feels good. But like when I'm on the water, like I'm so I just love the technical aspect of trolling. Like I, I love it. Like it's something that I would rather do over casting all day. And it so, might
0: see. I, I, here's just my my input here is just watching a fish eat to me, watching a fish eat. I will take one watching just with my eyes, watching one fish eat over catching 10 trolling fish. Just me personally, because the visual, you know, like the visceral reaction of it all. That's just me. Yeah.
1: See, and I feel the same way, but it's the sound of the clicker.
0: Yeah, like I, I, I have no, that, absolutely.
1: That's that's my. I, I've, eye. See,
0: I've never had. I guess I've never really had that. It's a good sound. Yeah.
1: Like if I could wake up every morning as my like that is my alarm clock, like I'd get up for work no problem every single day. <laughs> but it's it, it's it's also interesting that all of us are different. You know, it really kind of depends on how you like to fish. And like, I would probably rather struggle. Like while George is catching six muskies, like I'd rather be out there struggling to catch one trolling, just because that's what I like to do.
4: Ryan, do you have a bimini in your boat? No. So getting back to the efficiency thing. I recommend it. If, if that's, if you're going to do a majority of trolling, I mean, you're again, over time, you'll end up spending two more hours one day that you're going to catch a giant fish out there when the sun's beaten you up and you would have gotten off the water by now. Uh, it, I was so against it in the beginning and now uh, just that shade and, and just a scorching hot day. It's, it's incredible. You fish better, you think clearer, uh, you're less miserable. Uh, that's that's a sleeper in my opinion people people don't think of it as fishing gear but if if you're shaded out there while you're trolling it's 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 a it's a fun thing
1: yeah that's on my list to do it'll probably be a next year thing but like that's yeah i mean that that is that answers the question right there because that also extends your day like
3: oh yeah we were a, po-
2: like charlie and i were out the one day in december and it was like spitting rain all day and there's there's no way we would have stayed mm-hmm. long enough to get a fish to, without the bimini. You're I mean, poking we, a oops, sorry Nick. Well are we, we, are we
0: talking bimini or like enclosure?
5: Um
2: both. I was starting pretty much in a closure. I mean it's it's you know the connected to the,
4: the windshield. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely it, need, need like even a if custom it's just job. The sun one. Just mm-hmm. for it right in, 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 in the
1: sun. Yeah, in
0: the sun Yeah. 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 Well, do you have a uh, George? Do you have a uh, like a walkthrough windshield?
4: Uh, I have a single console, so oh, I I did not interesting. Go. Yeah, I did not go, and that's the casting side of me. I I almost went tiller. I'm I'm glad I didn't because I do troll enough that I I didn't go uh, full tiller. But um, I, I have a single console, just like that little bubble windshield uh, at the driver's side.
0: So I'd be interested to see what the uh, like the full enclosure looks like when you just have a, a solo console
4: lots of buttons and zippers yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just that, like donnie's yeah but it would go down
0: like, it would it would like dip it just down It like a curtain yeah
2: mm. yeah
1: yeah because because huh. you you said well, how big was your boat Did you say seven 18 feet 18 18. so i mean mine's 16 and a half a with a side console so it'd be a little bit shorter but I'm assuming like to do an enclosure like that, it would probably be
0: fairly calling a, 16 and a half foot boat a little bit shorter than an eighteen foot boat is like calling <laughs> me a little bit short a little bit shorter than a six and a half footer. Yeah, it's a lot <laughs> shorter. <laughs> okay. It's a lot shorter. But
1: what I'm saying is like it would probably be the same type of deal. Like it would just be a lot of buttons and zippers.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were at uh, Dick's the other day. Kayla wanted a camping chair, and she saw the umbrellas, and she's like, ooh, I should get one of these for the boat. And I was like, you put that down. I am not going to be the guy out there cruising around with the umbrella on the bass boat.
0: <laughs> I've seen Dude, it. if you're looking for camping chairs anywhere but Mac.Bid, you are just looking in the wrong place, man. Yeah.
2: Shameless plug. <laughs> there you go.
0: I don't know, Come dude. On, Kellen. I-
1: I, I will give you the plug there, but I will say Walmart for 10 bucks, You can get a built-in cooler in the side of it. It's a pretty freaking
0: clutch.
3: I have two. Has one with a rod holder between the legs, so that sounds like <laughs> you're kind fit, your kind of deal. Your fishing chair. Uh huh. Could <laughs> just put that Okuma ev- ev- event, or what the hell are they called? Convectors. Convectors, put that convector right between your legs and plop your ass out in the chair. And...
0: <laughs> oh, like Alright, really so we haven't asked George at all since George is a troller too, we haven't asked him at all what uh like what kind of trolling setup does he run? I mean, are you running six 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 rods with planter boards, or are you more like uh, you know, running just three for yourself or what?
4: Yeah, so um depends where I am, but uh, as many as I'm allowed. So if there's two of us, a lot of times similar spread everyone else does. I I run um two down rods, two out rods, and two planers. Um, I have the AZ holders, which I think pretty much 99% of people seem to have now. Uh, if it's just myself, I'll still probably, in, in if I'm, unless weeds become a huge issue for me, I'll still probably throw a board out there. I'll end up throwing one down rod, one out rod, and one board. Um, so you
0: run all three off of one side?
4: No, I'll, I'll, I'll split the sides up, um, I'll put I'll put one out on one side and one on the other. Just my theory, whether it's right or wrong, is just to increase that spread area. Uh, the dis yeah, the distance that you're covering out there. Now, the is only time I probably saying- wouldn't do the only time I probably wouldn't do that is if I'm river fishing. When I'm river fishing, I, I keep them all on the boat. Um, Are you running a scope myself.
0: when you troll too?
4: I am now this year. Yeah, yeah. That's can you watch? Can you watch?
0: both sides of their, of your baits, or can you only watch one side?
4: You could typically, you could typically only watch one side, but it is pretty incredible. It's, that's kind of
0: why I asked if you run in three on one side, because, you know, with live scope, you could then watch all three
4: and where they are depth wise, everything like that. Yeah. You you could turn it though. So you could see the other side and see where your baits are at. Uh, It is pretty incredible as far as just knowing where you're running and not having to think. Is it pretty accurate depth wise? From... I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Uh, it, It's it's really neat. Just if your lines off on a different reel, or I, I run a bunch of different. Um, I have a couple mono rods for boards, and uh, I I have different a couple rods with uh, fifty on, and a couple with eighty on uh, braid. Um, so it, everything depending on the bait you put out there, it's. Depths are different. I know all you guys know that stuff, but it's just, it makes that thinking process a lot less as far as where this bait's running. Yeah. Just have a quick verification.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this will, this will just show my continued ignorance, but uh, you know, when are you running 50 and when are you running 80 when you're
4: trolling? Um, So it could be a depth thing. If I want to get baits deeper, uh, then you go 50. Uh, Most of the time that, that 50, uh, I use more in the spring when I'm running a lot smaller baits, um, just seems more action, uh, a little more depth if you want it, but uh, a lot of times it's there. So either on a, on a down rod and I'm trying to get some depth or, uh, on smaller baits.
0: And have you ever had a situation where, where you're like, man, I really needed that extra, you know, 30 pounds of of line
4: weight not knock on wood no um not
2: that i could think of that's one of those things i always feel like people are always
4: just overboard on on your line size i tell you what though i have lost a couple nice baits uh at chautauqua and and even on 80 pounds and i don't know if it was zebra mussels on weeds you get so many weeds that can collect on your rods or what i couldn't find a bad spot on my any guides or anything like that but two times i mean big picture it's a very small percentage but two times over the last however many years i've, I've pulled a rod out of the holder and everything's gone yeah so i don't I've, know. Had,
2: I've had that happen after like if i had one fouled up and it was like fully like twisted mm-hmm. it seems like that
0: just crushes the the line or something yeah could be it And similar question to my question earlier about your jerk baits, like whether you like to fish local baits or not, like when you're trolling, are you fishing bakers and Leo's and Wiley's or what are you fishing? What, what, what do you like to fish? Yeah.
4: A lot of local stuff there. Um, I, I, I troll and try a lot of different shit. Uh, right now in my boat, uh, there's Apollo Wiley's, there's Apollo Leo's. Box of meatballs, Um, hammer lures. I don't know if you guys ever talk about hammer lures at all. Um, Paul used, I think Paul lives in Florida now, but um, he was another local guy. Uh, Bosch ads. I troll a ton of Bosch ads. Bakers. Uh, Yeah, that's the run. Legends.
0: Ooh, perch baits. The the old perch bait. (laughs) The
4: old perch bait.
0: Me likey.
4: I have
1: a question just like about boards. Like what, what boards are you using? Um,
4: I've used the offshore planers forever. Um, I still do. They haven't given me any form of issue. I will say this year I started to experiment a little. I was uh, actually listening to, I can't remember what it was. And it was a Kevin Goldberg thing. Uh, and he was talking about, the blade planer, which I don't know if either of you, anyone here is familiar with, but it's a neat planer board. Um, if you ever get it where, where I've seen it work better is when you get a good chop on the water. I don't know if you got, when you're trolling into the wind, sometimes Mm -hmm. those offshores catch a wave, you get that exciting zip. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they seem to cut through that pretty nicely, uh, without diving. Um, so kind of a neat alternative, but it's my first year running them. So I don't have too much experience with them, but they're, they're something that I actually look to use whenever it's rough out.
1: That's, that's pretty cool. Cause like, I, I have the small offshore boards and I really like them, but that's like the one thing like every day I get the fish, it's always like super windy. We got a major chop and those things mm-hmm. just do not do well.
4: Uh, I, it, I've used them for years. They've treated me good. Um, and they still work, obviously. Um, uh, I used, I still to this, day. when I was out last week, I, I, that's what I was using was the offshores, but
1: do you ever experience, uh, or like experiment with any of the
4: stern planers at all? I have, I, I, you know what, I've only done it in the spring, like the short line trolling stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever played with it, uh, later in the year, whenever you're using baits with any depth to it or, or longer line lengths out? I, I haven't
1: i can't say that i have but i have used them in the spring
2: yeah, the stern planners you're saying yeah yeah i mean they're nice it's just if you feel like you're getting boat chai bites you can just get it as far away from the boat as you want
1: yeah i'm gonna i might have to pick up a couple of those because i one of my buddies runs them a lot and i think uh i don't know it's just one of those things that i don't really think about until i'm like talking about it you know it's like ah i'll get to it
5: yeah
2: right it gives you it just gives you the option to like get your boat rods as far
4: away from the boat as your planar rods are yeah the other uh we've gotten crazy if we have three guys in the boat too um, <laughs> you try and run nine lines out here it gets a little hairy so they've come into play there for us too yeah yeah, that's no one's a good designed
0: a mass a mass system to run nine lines.
4: Yeah, I, I don't I don't run. I've been in boats where uh, we use big boards plenty of times. I don't I don't run them, though. I got to say
3: something for corn here. You guys remember corn. Mm -hmm. oh yeah we we talked on our walleye trip and he's like "Uh, you know me dude I love the podcast but he's like I laugh my ass off every time you guys talk about trolling because he's a diehard walleye guy and nine rods to them is like child's play that's like an arm under your armpit like trolling around for us he's like I listen to the way you guys talk about six rods and it cracks me up because I I was on a boat with them I mean they run nine. yeah I mean how many
0: how how many how many how many lines are they running
3: we had, I think, either nine or twelve the one day, like it was nothing, Three, like, not even thinking about it. Yeah.
4: I'll tell you what, last year you guys talked to Katia a couple of weeks ago and she was talking yeah. about the salmon stuff, uh, which that can get addicting. I you guys should all do that. Go do that. Um I, I took a trip last year with a couple of buddies. Uh we did that up on Lake Ontario, and and the guy we were with, he was awesome. Uh, and he was a madman he wanted he wanted max rods per person mm-hmm, out there mm-hmm. and and we ran 15 wherever um, you can squeeze one 15. in 15 and I, it's crazy too they'll run the stackers and stuff yeah mm-hmm. and i was blown away it what he was able to accomplish when fish were on and what he was moving to what side and mm-hmm. uh with i mean i'm talking he was running three dipsies a side too and i mean the, you, you can learn a lot From hell. Yeah. That's other species. And I think Tom, you bring up a great point. Those great lakes guys are trolling wizards. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, that's where you want to learn from. If if you want to get into some trolling, those guys and other shit. So I
3: know corn's going to listen to this. And right when we start talking about that, he's going to start laughing. He's going to be like those (laughs) fucking wimps and their little (laughs) six rod trolling program. That's
2: right. And that's what like most of the, like the big board musky stuff is all just salmon, equipment yeah that's swapped over
0: all right so here's my challenge to corn i want to see him troll. <laughs> i want to see him troll like 16 bakers and dks in perch baits <laughs> honestly it would it probably goes. be
3: nothing because they're you're, you're talking nine rods but then you're also talking like 400 feet of line out on each freaking rod so it's not like you're making these precision turns like we're making you make a turn you're screwing up nine rods like so i bet they could i mean i bet it would be nothing Honestly. I don't know, Dave. I hope I got that one right, Corner. Try running
1: try running two perch baits, one on a down rod and one on a side rod. Yeah, they
3: walk. Yeah. A little right.
1: stat not not so much the walk, but like do like 30 on a down rod and do like 32 on a side rod and tell me how easy it is. They wouldn't <laughs> They'd then, run a million planer and boards and then, and then try one. And...
0: Try financing one major blowout. On that whole entire <laughs> let set. me let me let the me ask this. Let
1: me ask this question because I say that and I, I probably should at least give some context. Like George, do you feel like when you're trolling baits like that, like there's there's obviously a science to like separating your spread. Like you go through all this. So like whenever I get stupid and I try to run two perch baits alongside of this, it's always in like stupid conditions where we've got like high wind and everything else. Do you feel like wind in particular, not just like floating? Because I know weeds also will will screw you up like this, but do you feel like the wind has any like play in your trolling spread?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I I also think uh, this is just me. So I would never approach it um, unless it's a real short game of running two identical depths on the same side. Uh, To me, especially when you're talking about running a lot of rods, depth control is huge baits that troll well together is huge. So making sure you don't have like a really wide walking bait. If you've got four rods on a side and you put a Matlock dead in the middle of Two of them, uh, you're asking for problems. So baits, baits that troll well together. Um, and then I always like your steepest diving bait in, in the back and in your downrod position. Uh, and then gradually just getting shallower as you go out, if that makes sense. So then you can make tighter turns and they should theoretically cross over each other uh, while you're turning. That's how I operate on them.
1: Do you guys feel like – this is another thing I've, I've, I've asked a bunch of people on this because I feel like this has something to do with it, but maybe not. So when you look at some of these boats, like I have a 76 inch beam on my Luma craft, whereas like Donnie has like an 88 inch beam, right? Like the width of the boat, do you feel like that gives you extra space and that spread? Like it, is it does
2: a little bit, but, but it just gives it between the two sides, not, between
1: them. right right but like years ago Dan and I always had problems like cross like our down rods would always like cross we'd always get tangled you know and a lot of that was like we had two similar baits like similar depths and things like that and I've kind of learned to I've learned at least for me what I'm comfortable with and I I've gotten away from a lot of that stuff until I decided to do something stupid like run two perch baits alongside of each other but like I feel like the beam, because I I, we were doing some of that similar, like on like on Charlie's boat, a little bit wider beam, and we just never had issues. So I was just like wondered if that was a huge factor, along with the wind. And then you talk about weeds, like some of these baits completely freak out when they get weeded up. Like there's just so much there that I feel like contributes to getting tangled. And like Nick, you were talking about that twisted line. Like it hasn't happened to me. Like it happened to me recently one time but it hasn't happened to me in a very long time because I kind of figured that out. Like what George was saying about those baits running well together. But I know that that has to be an area people are struggling with when they first get into trolling.
4: There's just yeah, so I, many factors. There, There is uh, when you're dealing with weeds, I think weeds will mess up any bait. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you're in an area where that's happening, you just got to stay diligent on cleaning them and checking them. And to be honest, that's, that's another huge part of, of what makes, that live scope world easy. Um, I mean, I'm by no means an advocate for it, but it you could see your baits back there. So (laughs) when you have the, when you have it pointing back and and you see two of them touching each other, you know, that's not supposed to be there or one's just completely missing and you turn around and there it is on the surface. Um, it, it, it gives you a heads up ahead of time a little bit. Um, so yeah, it, Anytime you're dealing with any form of weed or debris, it's going to foul your shit up.
0: Well, so, so if I'm trolling something on my boat and I don't have live scope, I can't see how that bait is actually, you know, working in the water. Can you see if the bait is fouled up?
4: Um, You can see the bait. So I will just for argument's sake, I said a lure. It goes back. I can see where it's running. All right. It's 12 feet deep. It's, 30 feet behind the boat and i can see that if that changes um it means something else has changed so all of a sudden if that bait's now running nine feet deep when i look over at it uh you it's not uncommon for that to happen you reel in and there's five six strands of weed sitting on the on the thing and it's just not pulling as deep as it was So it does give you some clues if you pay attention to it. It's like anything else. The more you watch it, the more you pay attention to it, the more you'll learn. But um, it does definitely tip you off. That makes sense.
0: I have so
1: many like technical questions, but we're like at the end. I was trying to avoid like drilling you with like, you know, technical fishing questions, but.
0: Like what? (sighs) I don't know. Like, go ahead, fire them out.
1: I don't know. Like I got I got one about jigging because like. What's your favorite color? Yeah, what's your favorite color
0: you didn't ask him what his favorite boat snack is
1: i know i was getting there that was part of that like last like that was one of the technical
3: questions nice
0: yeah like i don't know dude like
1: live scope to me like Man, I, I can't stand jigging for muskies. Like, I don't know why. I, I grew up jigging for walleyes. That's all I did.
3: Because you I never have it. one rip a Bondi out of your hand and break well, your ribs. I don't know, that's, dude. I bet you'd it's... be addicted.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably some point to that. If you caught one jigging, you'd probably be like, holy shit. Yeah, but That was wild. You know, I want to do it again. Yeah, my yeah, problem that's, is I've like... never caught a fish. I've never caught a fish on rubber. As soon as I do, like, I'm going to, I'm sure I'm going to. Yeah,
1: but the point is, like, I can't. Myself, I can't let myself like spend the required amount of time needed to catch a fish jigging because I get freaking bored in like the first 15 minutes. Like, what?
3: But you I mean, don't get bored driving around in circles.
1: No, because I'm
3: always staring at a about, fish finder. I'm
1: always thinking about the spread though. Like, I'm always What's thinking about point? speed.
3: Well, then you're looking down at your about, graph jigging, thinking about where's the bait? Where's my jig? You're, you're, you're always thinking you'd like it, I bet.
1: So, what like have you,
4: have you caught a fish jigging, Ryan?
1: I've not caught a muskie jigging now,
4: so I, I'm by no means an uh, expert jigging. I've I've caught a few, and once you have, you'll. I mean, just like anything else, your confidence will grow greatly. Uh, it's not nearly as boring once you've accomplished it. Um, the bite's awesome, and it's. I think part of it's probably just because it's a straight line of contact. So uh, when you're casting. Or so when you're trolling, there's I mean, you, you get the drag, you get the real go-off, you get the thrill of that. But when you're casting, it could be a slack line bite, it could be mm-hmm. the fish. Paws, yeah, exactly. All, all kinds of stuff. And they're all great. I'm not saying diminishing any of that. That that jig tends to be directly underneath of you. So I mean, it is as close to I mean, direct contact as you can get. And even then they'll still slack line you, they can hit up, but it's mm-hmm. it's always a fun hook set. So Try it. Give it a shot.
3: I know that little 25-inch tiger I caught when I was with Donnie, it about ripped that rod out of my hands. So I can't imagine like a 45 or like a big 30-pound, you know, like like a real fish, uh, like Bondy, like the way he sweats hooks into those jigging fish. Oh, my God.
4: We joke about him. Uh, There's old videos. Barry Bonds. He oh, yeah. He just, he's like jumping in the air. Setting. Uh-huh. Looks,
3: looks like
2: he's got like a 12-foot rod that just uh-huh. – <laughs> The poor musky.
1: <laughs> so would you, is there any specific time like you would say, okay, like I'm going to jig today. Like, is there like a series of events that has to come through that you're willing to talk about that would be like, I'm going to jig today.
4: Um, again, I, I am not the guy to ask about jigging stuff. I, I we have caught some fish doing it. Um, I remember, so I, I can think of two instances. One was probably the first really big muskie we ever contacted shortly after we got into this. Uh, we were river fishing. It was my buddy, Brian. Um, he was in the back of the boat. We were like 10, 11 hours into the day and saw literally nothing, which wasn't uncommon for us back then. That's kind of usual. And he pulled a Bondi out and said hey, whatever BS he spewed that he's going down get these inactive fish. And that was the first time I'd ever seen a Bondi. And I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. It was an ugly piece of shit. And I remember he thought he was snagged. Um, And he set the hook and it went under my outboard and up on the other corner. He's standing on the back right corner of the boat. And it went under and jumped like a tarpon on the left corner of the boat. It literally almost jumped in the boat. Um, And that was our first jigging fish. That was a four footer. Uh, and, and, that really kind of opened our eyes to what could be on, on tough days. Um, I remember a, this is going to go against me talking about how people should embrace when they fail, but I remember fishing, uh, with my cousin, Kevin, um, who is just an awesome ace in the hole whenever you need him. He was, he was with me. Uh, he filled in for Brian at the Chautauqua event. Um, and he came down for a weekend we had an awesome day trolling i think we went like six for eight or something trolling uh twitchy weather um clouds thunderstorms shit like that we had to get off twice and the next day i it was third week of june and we didn't have enough clothes to put on it sucked we were freezing we had jeans and hoodies and all our rain gear on and it was still cold out there it was really bad so i mean you contacted all these fish and the day prior and we could not get anything at all to go. And somewhere along the line around four in the afternoon, five in the evening, I said, let's just try jigging. Like we've, they've been here. I don't know. And it worked (laughs) immediately. Uh, I remember Kevin caught his, um, another rig boss, aren't used to musky fishing. It, I think it sets the hook a little bit easier than on a Bondi. but uh, Kevin caught three on that rig boss that day. Um, and I think I got one and, and lost a couple more on a Bondi in a matter of like four hours. So sometimes you get a tough bite and go to the bottom. There's my advice. Yeah.
1: I like Very it. Cool. I just don't understand why I could jig for walleyes for years and years and years. And then I put on it's- a Bondi and I'm like, this sucks.
4: It's still something I don't do enough of. I say it all the time. It's a lot of work. It's it not is. like
3: walleye jigging
4: where you're just standing
3: there, like you're worn out. Your freaking armpits hurt. I'm changing armpits. I'm like, ah.
4: There's I'm a mental.
3: Hoodies. Yeah.
4: There's a mental thing too, Ryan. You got to look at and and I'm guilty of it. But sometimes we troll six rods, right? So there's this aspect in your head. I feel like of. Uh, I got to clean all these up before I can even start and Mm -hmm. it's easier just to keep going with the rods in the water. Uh, Sometimes that's your biggest struggle is, is the hurdle of, all right, let's get them out. It'll take five minutes. Let's, let's clean up. Let's get ready. Let's cast, let's jig, whatever it's going to be. I think sometimes people just get lazy with that. Do you jig with a rod with a line counter on it? I do not. I use a casting rod. Yeah.
1: I'm wondering mm. about that. So I have everything I need to do this, right? I just yeah. need to go to spend some time to do it. You ever jig at night?
4: I haven't. I've thought about it. Um, right, it makes sense. Like, get the vibration down there. Everything's kind of got a blade on it, or or something along those lines. It-
3: The only hole to play Devil's Advocate, I I could be totally wrong here. The only hole I could shoot in that one is that everything at night that I've done seems like it's a shallow shallow. game. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd be jigging very shallow. Not to say that that won't work, but. Yeah. And not to say that you don't find fish in 40 feet of water in the middle of the night, but. I'm just
1: thinking about. I don't want to burn this too much, though. I'm thinking about areas of lakes that. uh, Maybe I'll just say like shallow up.
3: You like know, any of the million road beds, yeah, it's that's exactly what I was There's saying. a billion of them.
1: I was thinking like that would be a good thing. Maybe try on road beds at night,
3: but yeah, just have to follow it. Have to get like a good track down. And...
1: I don't know, dude. Now I'm kind of intrigued about this. I get, I, I need to spend some time doing it.
3: Cause it's not like a walleye thing where you're sitting still. I mean, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe walleye guys move around, but you're kind of, I know like every, my buddy Cody Dalton, the way he like told me is you go slow. Like you put your trolling motor on one and you don't stop. Like you're not jigging sh- straight up and down. You're kind of behind the boat almost. It almost is kind of like trolling a little rye. And if you think about it, yeah. you're going like one on the trolling motor all day. Especially in like some of the reservoirs where you might have them yeah. in a, in the old Creek channel deep. Mm-hmm.
2: Got
3: cover water.
1: No. I guess maybe this might be an underutilized
3: thing. Mm-hmm. And I, if I remember correctly, thinking back to the Allegheny River tournament, it was me, you, and Donnie in the boat. You had a quote that day. Do you know what I'm going to call you out on here? I don't know. Dude, all go. day. We didn't, we didn't talk a lot all day, and Ryan had his bait hanging in the water just over the side of the boat, and Donnie was on the trolling motor just, like, spinning the boat around or moving, like, down the shoreline. And Ryan goes, I feel really good right now. Like, we might get one. <laughs> I'm like it's because we're trolling rye because you got that bait in the water dragging it behind the boat that's why you feel good see i was born to troll man i
1: get my bag of chips uh-huh. got my peanut butter and jelly how does
3: medusa hanging over the side of the Gatorade. boat i feel good right now i feel good right it's now. gonna happen
1: what other uh what other um ted lasso musky man quotes <laughs> do we have here you had <laughs> anything inspirational <laughs> you got to leave us oh a good man
4: one here. i'm dying at this if i mean i i Inspirational is probably the last thing I think of when it comes to me, but um, I don't know. I, I probably spewed all my quotes out for the night. I wouldn't
0: say <laughs> inspirational. I would say okay. I would say this has been, you know, realistic. Yeah. But also positive in yeah. the sense that it isn't like, oh, dude, it sucks. Like, uh, you know, you you you're never gonna get these muskies. If you know, yeah. you, no, it's like, okay, hey, you're really gonna fish hard. And there's going to be days that it just absolutely sucks. But if you put all that time in and you're willing to put those days in,
4: yeah. you're going to have those good days. Yeah. And to each their own there. I mean, I I think um, probably more so in musky fishing than anything else. I've noticed that there's this discrepancy over what's right and wrong and, and how you should go about it. And guys, there's nobody says that you got to do this and you got to just pour everything you got into I know you guys make fun of the word grind Uh, I don't always think it's a negative thing but it if you're if your goal is to just enjoy yourself and catch some muskies along the way that is okay your people are absolutely allowed to and should just go out and fish for six eight hours and have a fun weekend and when they catch fish be happy and people are also cool with if if their prerogative is I'm going till I can't move and and that's it. And and that's what makes them happy doing it. Good for them. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's just finding whatever's good for you. So it, it, there's going to be a lot of failure, I think, regardless of what side of that you're on, at least for me, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of good fishermen out there um, that are more elite than others that produce fish regularly. But I think a, a, more times than not guys are getting kicked in the nuts.
3: I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, you're I right
4: the- too, man.
1: Don't think I don't. I don't know that any of us could have said it any better. Quite no. honestly, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get well, you, George. A shirt, this is,
0: this has been a blast, man. Like uh, ever ever since we talked at Musky Max, I've been hoping to get you on here, and I know we've, we've had a little bit of hard time getting our schedules together. But man, this has been just this has been awesome. This kind of the a very local feel to this. You know that you're 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 a Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh kid that just kills it you know and and that basically says that anyone that wanted to put that type of time into it you know and that's really what it is about it's about saying hey I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna commit myself to this and I'm gonna put put this time into it I mean dude you you mean Ryan's (laughs) not wrong when he says that you know people look at George McGrady and they say holy shit you know (laughs) that's like I mean, dude, your name's everywhere. You can go on in, you know, read the the latest musky thing. You know, I'm sure your your name is in the in, in the uh, in the back in the lunch log. It, it's like it, it's this fish is hard to catch. The, these fish are hard to catch, and to, to 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 meet someone and to talk to someone who has taken the time at a young age. I mean, you're not like some old. You're not. He's like not some dead, gray-haired like dude. I like, you're not like yeah, as old no. as Owen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. not like over the hill like me <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's, it's just cool man it's it's just been really cool and and i'm i'm glad you took the time i'm glad you listened to the podcast i'm glad we don't bore you with our you know lowbrow humor and uh and our uneducated musky talk
4: <laughs> oh i love it <laughs> awesome dude That's i so think cool. there,
1: there's one other aspect to this too and i think like I want to say like the way george you conduct yourself too like super humble like approachable like there's a lot to be said about that because there's a lot of talented guys out there that just don't understand that aspect of it you know even even at the pima tuning tournament to be able to shake your hand and you know talk at that that meant a lot to me ryan
0: hasn't washed his hand since i haven't
1: honestly (laughs) but it's like but seriously like your outlook on everything You know, like some guys take social media to the extent that we really shouldn't need to. And, and, you know, there's just a lot there, dude. And I think that, you know, that's why I think guys, you know, would look up to you as well. So you're not
0: exploitative. Exactly. And I
1: I think all of us appreciate that. And, you know, the outlook on the fish and everything else. So very cool stuff, man.
0: And your support of chapter 16, Muskies Inc., you know, just kind of like on the sly, you know, like, yeah. If if Joel didn't put it in an email that you donated the food to, you know, the banquet or whatever, nobody would have known. You know what I mean? Like, you're not out there being like, oh, I'm donating. You know what I mean?
4: I get it. Thank you. Um, So real quick, I'll piggyback on the muskies, Inc. Uh, Katia brought it up uh, two weeks ago. I fully support that. Get out there, log some fish. I, I'm all about data. I'm I'm kind of getting into a, like a nerd phase of musky fishing, um, and there's a lot out there. So I really encourage people to do that. Uh, there's over time, it'll show just a lot of neat things and and light windows, whether it's lake oriented or time of year and stuff like that. I I, I get really into that stuff, so I encourage it people to do that. Gives
2: me something to do on the the boring office days when I can just
4: yeah. Calculate
2: percentage of you know. 50s, it's a fun winter hobby. Eight. Yeah, yeah. Go th- go through each uh, each bait and see which one has the best proportion of fifties. And... <laughs>
3: Nick logs has one fish. He sits there and thinks about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, boys. I got. I this have is awesome. Thanks. I got a long yeah. day tomorrow, and I'm dreading. I'm dreading tomorrow. Holy shit! You'll thank, be all right. Thank it's you Friday. for coming
2: out, George.
1: Thanks for oh, having me. Yes, here. Thank, yeah, you, thank you so
0: much it's been a blast, and, to and honestly, like thanks us. for dude. Just thanks for making that post on Craigslist or wherever it was <laughs> in 2017 <laughs> that that caught my eye. I mean that I mean it like that. That started started a a, a spiral, of snowball going downhill That is, I guess, eventually led its way into the muskie hunks. So thank you awesome thank
3: you all right, all right we'll, we'll see you right, around boys. george this isn't the last time we'll all be right. seeing you soon
1: appreciate it guys have Put a good night on the fellas see you guys later see you guys i had
0: to shake them on my last case big o don't play o don't.